Blog Talk Radio. Tyreek has told her children 
that she killed their father. But <laughs> I know messed up, right? But what's really going on is uh, the kids found out on their own because Diana's snooping ass. Diana is the snoop. Now I don't like Diana no more. I was rooting for Diana with Tyreek. And now I can't stand Diana after that 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 episode because she is constantly she got Zeke killed by snooping when she shouldn't have. They told her not to look into the uh package and she went ahead reading something she didn't understand, told her father. Her father got scared and went on and accidentally caught, shot Zeke which caused his death. Then we get uh and then you get Diana again going in Tyreek's room, snooping again, looking at this report that she halfway understands and going and confronting they confront Monet with that you know, with all this information they've got. And then her and Drew decide to do a plot, conduct a plot where they kill Monet and uh have Tyreek do it. Okay, and then uh, they set Tyreek up to be killed by Kane, right? So, but their plans go awry when what happens? Well, so Diana has sent Monet, sent, um, sent, sent, pretended to be Monet, going by Tommy's mom's house, uh, giving the address to Tyreek's mother, right? When, uh, uh, when, Ty, when Tommy and, uh, when Tommy and Tyreek, I mean, when Tommy and um, uh, Tasha meet up, we find out Tommy's coming after Tasha. We see the blue thing coming out of Tommy, shooting up everybody. And he comes in, him and Tasha have confronted each other. Tommy's planning to kill uh, Tasha, but suddenly Tyreek shows up, at, you know, in the game. And Tyreek's like, I love you. That that famous line we've been wondering, like, who is he saying it to? It's Tommy, where he says, I love you, but I'll put a bullet in you. So it, he's talking to Tommy, and he's letting Tommy know, hey, Uncle Tommy, I love you, but I put a bill in you by my mama, right? And so at that point, Tommy's still mad, getting ready to try to shoot Tasha. Him and Tyreek are squaring off, and, they, you know, and Tommy's like, yeah, you don't got no problem killing me. You killed your daddy. You know what I'm saying? So then a, a federal agent comes in behind, getting ready to shoot Tommy. Tommy turns around to shoot him. Tyreek's got the up. So you know Tyreek is a killer. Tyreek's about to take Tom, Uncle Tommy out. And what happens? Tasha knocks Tommy out. Tommy falls out, okay? Ty, I mean, Tasha knocks Tyreek out. So Tyreek won't kill Tommy. And she tells Tommy, listen, I don't save your life twice. We family. What we doing? So her and Tommy squash they beef. It's so funny. It's hilarious because you get to see the old Tasha and Tommy. They talking to each other, like telling each other all what's going on and stuff like that. So you know, suddenly you know. So the police is coming and Tommy and Tasha bounce. But when Tyreek wakes up, all he knows is my mama's missing, and all he knows is Uncle Tommy done uh, got my mama right. So then we get to so Ty- Tyreek's on a mission to try to find his fi- uh, find his mom, that's when um, then uh, Monet, that's when Diana and, and Drew enact their second part of the plan to come to Tyreek saying, hey, you know my mom, Monet got to go. Monet's done told where your mama at and all this stuff. You know, you gotta, she got to go. So Tyreek decides he going to do the drive-by on Monet, okay? He going to kill. So Tyreek don't know he walking into a trap to kill Monet because he mad, he mad, but he's trying to help Diana too. But when he gets there, who remember the, the we thought it was all Evelyn that does the drive by on Monet's house. It's Tasha. 
Tasha's pissed because Monet done told her where she at, putting her family in danger. You know, Tasha gangster. So Tasha comes through and shoot up Monet's house, right? And Kane, you know, tries to shoot back at her, and Tasha's gone. But that keeps Tyreek from walking into the trap. But what happens? Monet ends up shot up real bad trying to protect Diana, who's just trying to have her killed, okay? Well, she was changing her mind a little bit at the end when they were talking. But she, she, we know Monet's messed up in intensive care, and, you know, we don't know if she's going to make it. You know she's going to make it because if they were going to kill her, they would have killed her right then and there. So uh, then, uh, then so you, uh, you have uh, Tyreek like, dang, what done happened here? So Tyreek goes back, and Tyreek is uh, – Monet meets up finally with Noma, okay? Mon- Noma and – and Monet finally meet up. Monet comes in and swindles the business out from under Tyree, saying, hey, you know, you need me, you need this and that. And Mona, Monet's like, no, I mean, Norma, uh, Noma's like, well, what happened to my fiancé? You know Monet. Monet's a gangster. Monet ain't going to answer nothing. She said, well, you going to let an F-boy get in between business? We got to get we gotta get this month, basically. <laughs> she didn't tell her. I shot his ass up. Right, so she got so they got to they get to talking. So Monet ends up in control of the business, uh, shifting it out from kind of under Tyreek. Right, so uh, Monet gets everybody together and she tells everybody they gone. You know they working for her, including her kids who hate her. And then she, you know, she tells uh, Brayden and uh, Tyreek, yo. Uh, you two, uh, the only reason I ain't got no grades for y'all because y'all owe me money. So basically, she's uh, she's kind of she's kind of like she's uh, she's basically kind of like you know well hey you owe me money yeah, that's the only reason I ain't dug y'all grave and that's that and so when she comes that when her and she then she tells Tyreek she needs to talk to him Tyreek and her go outside Tyreek says hey you why'd you get my mama's address and she's like I don't know what you're talking about she said but why'd you tell my kids that I, I killed uh, the Lorenzo, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Now, okay, you think these two put it together and be like, what the hell's going on or whatever, but they didn't. So but Monet basically saying, hey, I need my money, and you better get my money, and that's that. So you know Tyreek. Tyreek don't care. Tyreek is a sociopath like his daddy is killing Okay, so he about to he about to take Monet out. Monet, now, Monet dumb. You don't walk away from Tyreek. Like, you don't walk with your back to Tyreek. You crazy. You crazy after you done just talk ish to Tyreek. Tyreek is a nut. So so Tyreek about to take her out, but who comes out? Uh, the uh, Noma's assistant and says, hey, Tyreek, you gotta, you need more time. Cause why? Because he's starting to like Tyreek because Tyreek done got his family green cards. So he's like, hey, Tyreek, you got to, you don't do nothing stupid, right? But Tyreek still don't care. He's like, all right, I hear you, I hear you. Tyreek gets in this car, getting ready to go after Monet, and who pulls up to stop Tyreek from shooting up Monet? Uncle Tommy, right? And so now Tyreek's mad, talking about, where my mama going all off? And Tyreek also went to Tommy's mama's house looking for Tommy and everything. And Tommy's like, you done put a, took a gun to my mama's house, you know? Because that's gutsy. He, he, that's Tommy Egan. Tommy Egan is a psychopath. He's not a social, but he's he crazy, crazy. So he's like, wait, are you nuts? And Ty- Tyrese's like, yo, like, where's my mom? You know, whatever. And so he lets him know that they squashed the beef, but he also tells Tyreek, hey, this, you, 
you you can't start no war right now with Monet. You you can't get it. You can't do this. You you know this is this is something that you don't you don't got enough allies. You ain't got enough people. You ain't you you ain't you ain't that dude right now. You cannot do it. Tyreek is like you know I ghost trying to be a dummy and trying to do it anyway. He's like listen. You he said you can't. He said you ain't gonna start no war from in back of a classroom. Tell him you can't be like your daddy. Your daddy was trying to do two work, work, work between two worlds, trying to be a civilian and a gangster. You got to choose one and go all in. You got to go ten, foot, ten toes down. You need to be all in. So Tyree's like, well, if I decide to do that, Uncle Tommy, you got my back. Tommy, like, this ain't my war. Plus, I'm dead in New York. You right? <laughs> so it's like, so then, you know, you know Tyreek is like, okay, dang. You know, so Tyreek talks to his mom, finally sees his mom. Tasha's like, you shouldn't have got in that trying to shoot Monet. That was my target and all this stuff. So we find out Tasha came back and get, was and got Monet's ass real good, right, okay? So Tyreek, because they all think Monet done came up here. Monet, they everybody thinks Monet done, you know, she done did the gangster stuff. Everybody thinks Monet done straight up. Uh, snitched on, uh, uh, snitched, I mean, snitched on where she was at, where uh, Tasha and them was at, right? So Tasha ain't going to let that go down, right? So then what happens, so his her, his mom lets him know this is a dangerous play I'm about to tell you to do, but now you need to go to Noma and learn everything she knows and get in, get in her good side, turn it around on Noma and everything like that, right? So Tyreek also remember. When he goes to pick Effie, I, I skipped a lot of stuff, but he went to go pick Effie up out of jail earlier in the episode. He gets Effie out of jail, and Effie gives him the address to Noma's daughter, who's in school, so he can use that as a last-minute thing in case, you know, uh, shit don't go right. But check this out. So after Tyree gets that information from, from her, now he know Effie in love with him. So he said, Effie's like, you know, are you going to, like, what? Like, what's going on? Are we going to forgive each other? Are we going to squash this? And Tyreek's still trying to act hard. I can't trust you no more. I can't this and that. I can't blah, blah. I'm like, Negro, this ain't the right time to be talking crazy to you. That's like stuff ghosts used to do. It's so much ghost. Tyreek is so much ghost. I'm like, oh, my God. I went back and watched some episodes of Power, too, and I was like, damn, he like ghost. <laughs> That's why they called it ghost. Because there were some things I forgot. And I know people who've been going back watching some and saying, hey, okay, you'll get it when you see, you know, uh, go back to watch old episodes. So Tyreek is out here, like, talking to her, and she's like, okay, well, whatever. I'm just going to walk away. After, even after she done gave you Noma's, inform, Noma's daughter's information, the li- I know you can't trust her, but you can act like you do until you get what you need. Okay, but Tyreek, like, you know, talking stuff. So uh, Effie's mad and decides she's going to walk away from Tyreek and walk home, okay? So Tyreek, at the end of the episode, Brayden tells Tyreek he don't want to be in it no more. He done killed his uncle and because we, I didn't tell, talk to y'all about, you know, Ty, Brayden gets his first kill. You remember he threw his uncle Lucas over the roof or whatever. He's like, I killed my uncle Tyreek. I'm not like this. I'm a gun out this gangster life, uh, even though, you know, uh, this just ain't for me. I'm getting out now while I can. Okay, and Tyreek's like, whatever. Like, what? what? Okay, fool. Right? So Tyreek goes by himself 
to the warehouse to confront Monet and be like, I mean, Monet, Norma, no, not Monet, Noma, to tell Noma, hey, uh, uh, I want to work for you. I want to, I want to follow you and shadow you. And Noma's like, why should I let you do that when you just hit, you just shot up Mo, uh, Mo, uh, Monet? And he's, he's like, I didn't shoot Monet. And then she's, and then uh, Obi, which is the side kick who likes Tyreek now, uh, says. Well, there are people who would beg to differ with you. Suddenly comes out Kane pointing the gun at Tyreek, and he's like, what? He said, I didn't shoot uh, Monet. And then Diana comes out, and he's like, Diana, tell him what's going on or whatever. And she's like, you shot my, you shot my Monet, Tyreek. And Tyreek's like, what? And then comes out Drew saying the same thing. And last, and then so Tyreek, knowing he's in a pickle, is about to go down. He's about to take your ass out, Tyreek. Tyreek says uh, the name of Noma's daughter. And Noma says, hold up, Kane. What did he just say? What, is it, what did you just say, Tyreek? And he gives the name again of her daughter and said, if something happens to me, I done sent people your way. They're going to get your daughter, and you know the rest, right? And Noma's like, okay. She said, "That's you." she said, smart boy, I always got a plan. But I think you flew a little too close to the sun this time. Who the fuck comes out? Effie. <laughs> Effie, Effie, Effie. Oh, I'm like, Tyreek. Effie comes out, I'm like, oh, no, Tariq is a goner, right? And so Effie comes out, and Effie's like, I told her where uh, that you were planning on getting her daughter, and, she, and she, she's like, oh, yes, I've already moved my daughter to a safe location, and Tariq, your little plan ain't going to work, okay? Tariq is about to meet his end, and then suddenly the lights go out, Inside of the warehouse, everybody looking around. Then who come out like a G? Do you think it's Tommy? Is it? Is it? Is it Tasha? No, nah, it's Braden. Braden saves the day. I think he shot Kane. I do believe he shot Kane. I don't think Kane is dead. A lot of people think Kane is dead. Kane might die next season, or he's going to be crippled or something. I believe. I believe he's going to be in a wheelchair or something, or he ain't not going to be able to move like he used to. That's my personal opinion. But Kane, I think, is still going to be around. I think Monet's going to survive or whatever. But we know that Tyreek and Brayden bounce up out of there. They riding, and Tyreek's like, oh, my God, I think we just started a war. And you see them driving out, you know, out, and then the music come on. So this is where then we get, what do we get the next the next week after this? I mean, what do we get this week? Right before 10 drops, we get Power Force. Uh, a, a look at Power Force, which it doesn't show anything of Braden and Tyreek. But I do believe there is a part in Power Force that may allude to Braden and Tyreek being there. Remember when Tommy's at the door and he says, come on, I'm going to show you this or whatever. I believe he's talking to Braden and Tyreek. I believe Braden and Tyreek are going to cross over into Force. If y'all didn't do that over there at Power Book Ghost, if y'all didn't cross Tyreek, and Braden over into Power Book Force, y'all crazy. That was that's perfect. Like if just if them running out of Texas, they gotta go out of town and lay low for a little bit. So it is a perfect. And to me, Tyreek needs to learn a little bit more of the game. Just my personal opinion. 
if you cross him over into force for about two to three episodes, him and him and Braden, I think that's dope. And they come back, when they come back to New York, they're ready to go to war with Noma. And you know Tyreek. Tyreek is a little sly. I would, that's one person I would never, all of them done messed up. I just say that. That's one thing, all of them done messed up. Tyreek is probably going to wreak havoc, okay, because you know he a thinker, right? So, And I love the little things. Like, I love when they had some little, to me, the last two two episodes of Ghost had some little uh, motivational tools, even though they gangster flicks. But they had some little motivational tools. It was two things I took from uh, the Power Book Ghost. The first, last, uh, was it, uh, I think it was episode eight or nine where Tyreek, Everything is coming at Tyreek, and Tyreek says, "We got, hey, we got to get on offense. I'm tired of playing defense. I'm like, yo, Tyreek, you know that's right. Because sometimes in life, now, I'm going to turn this into a little motivation moment because I ain't giving y'all it's a word today. So I'll turn our little review of power but ghost into a little motivation. Okay. So Tyreek is like, you got to get on, we got to get on offense instead of defense. That's life. Sometimes stuff is coming at you left and right. You like, oh my god! Like you feeling like you fighting stuff. But sometimes you got to throw some bombs yourself. You got to get on offense. You got to get. You got to go. Most of the time, you got to be like putting yourself in a position where you you're the offensive player. And I love that. And then I also like the saying of Tommy saying, either you gonna do it all the way or you ain't gonna do it at all. When he says go. Went between two worlds. Now, of course, he was talking about being a gangster. Either you gonna be a gangster or a civilian. I'm saying whatever you gonna do, you got to do. Whatever it is in life, that's oh my god. You know how people used to tell you, don't put your eggs in one basket and stuff. But sometimes you got to put your eggs. Most of the time, you got to put your eggs in one basket where there, where you don't have. There's nothing else you can do. There's nothing you like. I ain't, I ain't got no other choice but to. I got if I don't do this, it's, it's, that's it. I remember listening one day to an interview of Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan was saying how he just, he said, I simply got my skills up in basketball because he said, I knew I never wanted to work like that. <laughs> he said, I never wanted a nine-to-five job. I never wanted nothing like that. So I knew I had to get this skill set up because that's just not what I want to do with my life. Right? And he said, so he was 100% in on the basketball, and look, the greatest basketball player that ever was formed because simply because he said he didn't want to work no nine to five, okay? So I just thought those were two motivational points that you could take from Power Book to Ghost this week. To one is get on offense instead of defense in your life. Two, go 100% in and whatever you do. No straddling, no nothing, just go 100% in. Okay. All right, you guys. Man, okay. It is Saturday. Oh my God, it's during the day. I keep looking around. I'm like, it's daylight. You know, I usually be talking to y'all at midnight, right? All right. So, okay, we had a show. If you missed the show, there are two shows in the archive. Because I know people have been like, is there a show up? Okay. There are two shows in the archive. This week I'm doing I'm gonna record another one of those playing shows coming up eventually, probably this week. I don't know. It depends on if I have time. Then I will let y'all know what the plat what platform it's gonna be on. I'm just right now I'm just trying to get my platform together for we're still gonna be on blog talk. It's still gonna be but we still blog talk but it's also 
uh, the show will be recorded for another uh, platform, okay? All right, all right, and I will let y'all know. So <clears throat> what I'll tell y'all is this, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, what I'll tell you is this this week. If you guys hear me uh, talk about a recording, a recorded show or something like that, uh, and when I tell you the um, – when I tell you the the new platform it's going to be on, you're welcome to listen to the show on the new platform, but you may hear a regurgitation of things we've already talked about. But that's okay because it's the new platform. It's going to be very different from this one, okay? And I will let you guys know what that is. So I'm working on it now, okay, working on how I want to sound, you know. It's not going to be much different, but it just won't have, you know, we won't have our our music, but block talk we do, okay? Um, All right. I think it is time. What are we going to do? We're going to go to a, on a break, and when we get back, we got to get into all these hot topics out here because there's some hot topics uh, in the street. Okay, we did talk about, the, I did talk about Denai Jackson this week, her interview, which was, what, man, child, it was something else, okay? So when we get back, we got to talk about, um, um, we want to talk about, uh, Cher spending time, talks about how she spent time with Tina Turner right before her death and what that was. Blue Ivy joins her mama on stage. Our Blue was getting a little dance, a little dance on. I saw her, so it was cute. It was cute. Uh, we're going to start up. We're going to talk about these Jordans down these streets stacking up. Oh, Nike, they said Nike is, is the stock is full over there. Nike's having a problem, okay? And uh, we're going to talk about this Jamaican woman who banned black Americans from her Airbnb, Okay. Got to talk about this and a whole lot more when I get back on the CC show. But first, you know, Tina Turner passed away this week. I mean, one of the greatest performance artists that ever was. And Tina got some dope music too, right? Just one, you know, I didn't say I uh, was uh, I didn't say it was another song I liked. Uh, that song that Phil Spector produced with her, Doll, Ragdoll. I forget the name of it. That was one of my other favorite songs, but. Oh, we I talked about Tina Turner on the last show and just going to see her the couple I think two or three times I saw her in concert. So good, always powerful. She was older. Okay, Tina Turner was older. And most of her success, here's the funny thing. This is the interesting thing. Where I she had success, but it was not she didn't really have huge success. Huge, huge she didn't become a superstar until well into her forties. Tina, as a matter of fact, Tina, I think she went over into the uh, European market to get things, you know, to work with people and stuff like that. Because, you know, I don't, I don't know if people were so up to, uh, to working on her here. And she, that's when she began to work on the album Love, What's Love Got, to, a private dancer album, which is the mega hit on it. What's Love Got to Do with It, which would propel her career uh, to untold heights. How she would be, how y'all call her. Uh, the, I don't, that's new. That's the Beyonce tried to did that coin. Remember, in, uh, remember Aretha got mad when they called her the Queen of Rock and Roll because Aretha like, Nah, baby, I'm Queen of it all. <laughs> but, but, uh, but when that she called, how Tina got known for her on the rock side doing rock music and everything like that. So dope. So uh, yeah, when we come back, I mean, when I uh, yeah, when I so I'm getting my, that mixed up. Excuse me. So we, uh, yeah. So I want to play homage to Tina Turner from that album, her first hit single, which she did not like. What's Love Got to Do with It when it came out? Tina Turner did not like 
this song, okay? But it became the biggest, it became one of her biggest hits, and it propelled her into a different stratosphere of celebrity um, uh, around the world, okay? So here's Tina Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It? Oh, and I haven't forgot, I will talk about the Donna Summer uh, documentary when I come back, because a lot of y'all said y'all didn't hear me talk about that, okay? So we're going to do that when I get back. But here's Tina Turner, one of my favorites, What's Love Got to Do With It? It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment.
change when you're still healthy and you still look good. Yeah. So your whole outlook changes on everything, and you're really happy. You don't mind being 68. That number doesn't mean a thing.
I've had some cries, right? Like, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, where nobody knows it. So I was like, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm sorry, <laughs> What am I going to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've had a couple of those. But I understand. Like, I'm like, I always say, hey, you can always have an alternative. So be glad what you turn, right? But I also realize that and the importance of looking good, feeling good, taking care of yourself more so, and I'm starting to feel it more so now. Like, okay, you know, it's time to get serious, time to have a little bit more of a serious, I guess more, you know, more of a serious talk with yourself about how you want to live these next years, how you see your life and stuff like that. And um, I just, I love what she had to say. So I think that was a great it's a word about coming here to do what she came to do. And then one, I saw her talk, too, about aging before. She talked, there's a lot of things for Tina Turner. <clears throat> a lot of big things for her, she said, happened after, you know, her, in her after her 40s, very late in life. And she said, um, she said something powerful. She said, oh, they were telling her, you know, do you worry about how you dress? Because, you know, I was just asking a friend the question that a few weeks ago. And uh, and she was like, no, she said, because I'm going to be me. You know, I I dress the way I want. She said, I got plenty of time to get old. I mean, that's going to be, that's coming. She said, don't worry about that. But for now, I'm going to enjoy where I'm at, (laughs) right? And so I was like, wow, I just, she has so many gems about aging that you can listen to her about, but very powerful. So, yeah, that's y'all. It's a word from the the, uh, great Tina Turner and Rest in Power. All right, okay, so I did talk about last week Donna Summers. I thought I did. I talked about Donna Summers' uh, documentary, um, Love to Love You, Baby. Oh, my gosh. For First of all, I thought I did. Maybe I didn't. Y'all said, uh, some of y'all said I didn't. Okay. I absolutely, I used to love Donna Summers as a kid. I really, I was crazy about, I had an infatuation with Donna Summers, okay? I don't know where it came from. Because <laughs> when she, I think I saw her on TV one time on our, on our war shows in the 70s or something. And I just had, I just picked up this, like a little infatuation of Donna Summers. Plus I love music. I had music, music was always around my house, our family and stuff like that. So I, I just took an infatuation on for Donna Summers. I mean, I, I thought Donna Summers was the greatest singer in the world. And I, I, there may have been an affinity there because she reminded me a little of my mother in certain ways, certain things about her. <laughs> and little did I know when I see this documentary, oh, there's a lot. They had a lot in common. I mean, you know, in terms of, I, I you know, I can probably relate to her older daughter, except I was never raised by my um, uh, uh, mom. But, yeah, I mean, I can relate to not having a, a mother who is more young and teenage and not, you know, not having – she's cool. My mother's great, but she's not maternal. <laughs> she's more of a sister-like, you know, energy. So I kind of – I watching that documentary, I thought, wow, it is so – it's such a great documentary about her life. What I loved about it is that, there was so much more I wanted to know because I, I really wanted to know. I really wish I would have known how she felt because my favorite album by Donna Summers, I loved a lot of, I loved Donna Summers' music. One of my favorite songs by Donna Summers, I mean, I even even watched the, what's the movie, Friday, Friday? I forgot the movie with Last Dance. Last Dance comes off that movie. Um, I forget I forget the name of that movie Donna Summers was in. It was the only movie Donna Summers was in. Donna Summers could have really been an actress, but it was, uh, the one, the one movie I remember her in, 
that Last Dance came off. I forget the name. But I even saw that movie when I was young, okay? So um, I was a big fan of Donald Summers. I lo- my favorite song was On the Radio. I loved On the Radio. On the Radio is still one of my – I play On the Radio like normal. <laughs> Like it came out today. Like it came out today. So that so I have a lot of Donna Summers, and I love sometimes like Butterflies by Donna Summers. It was by her. She actually did it with another uh, person. I can't remember who it is, but oh my God, I, that's one of my favorite songs by Donna Summers. Sometimes like Butterflies. Oh, great. But my favorite album by Donna Summers is the one she produced that Quincy Jones produced for her. The Love Is in Control album. It's very R and B ish. But jazz, it had jazz, it had so many great things. I really wish they would have talked about Donna working with Quincy. I hate they left that out. I was like, what? Because the Love is in Control album was that, and they left a lot out. They they left Donna. Donna had a little bit of a resurgence before she worked hard for the money. And she had a little bit of a resurgence on the R&B side when she did release the Love is in Control album. She And then she did... Um, she did a couple of songs, and State of Independence was on that album. She had a lot of great artists singing background. I was just like, dang, why did y'all skip that part? Because I think Michael Jackson even sang background on that album. It was so many artists that came in the studio to sing background for what I heard on that album, State of Independence. So I would have loved to hear about her thoughts and working with Quincy and, you know, I mean, how y'all, I don't know how y'all skipped the great, her working with one of the greatest producers ever. But also... Um, also, during that time, she had, um, um, oh, she had, she, she did the, when she had the big resurgence uh, with the young boys and that, the boys who, the Pastor Dutchie boys, they made a big hit. I forget the name of that hit. She did with them, well, I forget their name, the Pastor Dutchie on the left-hand side kid. Donna Summers did a bit, had a big hit with them, too. So it, I was like, what? Y'all skipped a whole lot. And they just went to She Works Hard for the Money because She Works Hard for the Money was huge. But I was just like, yo, like, there's a whole, like, thing there. Especially, you can't skip Quincy. But to me, that was my favorite uh, album from her. Um, why? Because there's so much on the album. And plus, I think a lot of people at the time thought Donna was um, – Kind of just disco-y, and I thought Quincy, did, what Quincy did so well, in my opinion, with Donna Summers was um, showing that she could sing anything. I mean, we already knew that about Donna Summers, but Quincy, with Love is in Control to uh, Lush Life he, on that album, State of Independence, I mean, I, it was a, it's a really great album, and she looks so good on that album. But it's really good. So I hate they they missed that, but... Um, I loved the talk about, I mean, like the imperfections in relationships and love. And, and you know, I, when you talk about black women in the 70s and Donna going over to Germany to, um, to, to study early in her life and everything like that, and a lot of people, you know, she had a lot of white, I didn't see too many black men, you know, I don't know if she was dating black men or whatever, but a lot of people, my personal opinion, that a lot of people, especially in that time, uh, a lot of black black people don't talk about sometimes, especially when you go and talk about 60s, 70s, is black rage, black anger. Um, 
I would have liked to know more of the relationship between I mean, they showed the relationship between her and her family, but they really kind of generalized it a little bit. But I really would have, like, I know at some point in her life, maybe it didn't. I mean, she, because the Romans wasn't just about Donna. Donna B was always kind of a Christian stage in, in, in the Christian zone. And Christianity and homosexuality came up about the, uh, the alleged ideas that she had had or whatever. And she said some of that wasn't true or whatever, but... It's not only that, but a lot of people wonder, like, Donna Summers, because she, she dated a lot of white males. So I didn't, I didn't even know anything to date anything else. So the, I know at some point in her career and her life that came up. And sometimes I think a lot of black people, was, black people, black American women, black people were dealing with so much self, like, how do we find ourselves, even sometimes in looking in other races. Like, it, I feel like there there's a dynamic sometimes that goes on with black people, not all black people who date interracially, but some black people where they have an element of disconnect to certain parts of their community, maybe in dating and everything like that, because of what they've seen in growing up. Even with Quincy Jones and his documentary, one of the things I remember, they didn't confront all the white women he was dating, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, they kind of generally went over it. But what stood out to me more than anything about Quincy Jones was his mom. He had, when his mom left him and how that made him feel. And I said, there's a disconnect. Probably in black, went towards black women because Black women may be a reminder of mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, like, you know, and that kind of, that kind of, I can't take that kind of rejection from somebody that looks like my mom or somebody that's in the energy of my mom. You know what I'm saying? So I always, I look at things like that, not only just lifestyle and how they're moving in life and everything like that, because lifestyle is a part of it too, because in those times you see he was around a lot of white women and she was around a lot of white men. But it was just interesting, okay? And um, that's part of Donna's life too. And she, you know, she was abuse. She was in an abusive relationship. Um, and the relationship between Donna and her husband, the last husband, you know, that was very interesting too. Because I, I just thought to myself when I looked at this documentary, I thought beautiful, restless soul, like a beautiful. They did not try to mask her. They didn't go into it to me as deep as they could have, but and I understand that it was a great, it was still a great documentary. But they didn't. What I did love about it is they didn't try to mask her her imperfections. It actually made her more beautiful. I was like, oh my god, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the last marriage, she was coming off of a bad relationship, and she gets in with this dude too. She's already messing with this dude, you know, her husband, and she so she's. She's coming from a, a relationship where she's kind of cheating on the boyfriend with her soon-to-be husband, <clears throat> and and she's in and she goes in, and with him she has a tumultuous relationship with the husband at the end, you know. But what I gathered, what I wondered in my just watching, I was like, I don't know, I oh. I, I, 
Like they had beautiful two beautiful children. Her first husband, she she had the first husband in Germany, and she just left him because her career was beckoning. Her career was calling for her, and she was just like, yeah, right. Like I'm not. I think I think Donald was a restless soul. I think Donald was like I think Donald loved everything about music, traveling, doing whatever her thing. But also. There was the spiritual side of her, the deeply introspective spiritual girl who grew up in the church and loved God. So I can relate to all of that. You know what I'm saying? And this restlessness. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it's hard to hold me down. It's hard to catch me. You know, that's what I felt about her, even the last husband. I think that even in sickness, you know what I'm saying? She didn't, like her family said, she didn't really want to talk about her sickness because she believed God would heal her, and She, you know, and everything like that. And God did. God heals in different ways, okay? <clears throat> Sometimes God heals through death. Facts, okay? That's, hey, that's, that's facts. Because death is a somewhat of a, it's a heal, it's somewhat of a healing. It's a transfer to another state energy. But that's another day for another story like that. But another topic on that. But I really... Um, <clears throat> I found her like I. There was so many. I had so many. I mean, I love the documentary, but I had so many more questions. I was like, wow. Even in that relationship, because what I thought is that I'm like, I think I think Donna loved everything about her life in the end, and Donna was loyal. Started to understand how to be loyal to the energy around her, but. <clears throat> I don't know. I, what I, what, I don't want to say what I really think. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, I think there was love between her and the last husband. Um, I think they had an affinity for both music. They both loved music. But I, I felt like that Donna found more of a friendship there. Like, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if it was as passionate as the other stuff. But I believe she was a passionate being, Right. But I don't. I, I think that the last one, and it calmed her, and it helped her to walk through um, what I would say the valley, of the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow. Of death. It helped her to go through. She needed a friendship, love, to help her help her <clears throat> through what she went through, and he was the perfect partner in the end. Excuse me for clearing my throat because my allergies are acting up today, but he was the perfect partner. I felt in the end for her. You know what I'm saying? But I loved how she how she reflected in her own words on on show business and how you know fame was always different, strange to her because she never she never she never did she didn't ever want to be famous. It just you know it's just something that happened. Now, <clears throat> unlike today's artists, I really believe her. Today's artists be lying. They be you know because uh, well, a lot of people what I. What I this what I love about this art what I love about Donna Summers, my personal opinion is she came along in a time where yes they were pushing artists, yes they were uh uh there was payola, all those things, but to me like there wasn't a force. There wasn't something forcing people, artists on you. Like today, they force these artists down your throat. I mean, they will do everything. They will, they will make you believe in the end that you have picked this artist. This is this and this. But to me, back in those days, it seemed like more of a natural flow to an artist if you really liked her. You know, I feel like or if you really liked them, 
I feel like she was such a, one of those great artists who had that uh, that she was gonna be. She just had that energy, that star energy, and she was gonna be that anyway. And it was nothing that had to be forced. But I love the way how she reflected on show business, the record industry, how it affected her life, how it affected her musically. You hear it a lot in her own words, and you see her family talk about her like they'll have little segments. Now, my personal opinion. I know they were doing it over the phone because they wanted to focus more on Donna Summers during the documentary. I love people in person talking about what they need to talk about. I, I, because it's, you see their facial expressions, you see them reflecting back. So I would have loved to see that. I would have loved to see her sister talking. I, you know, her. I mean, we got to see her daughters and stuff, but I would have loved to see. We saw her daughter in the end, but I would have loved to see her daughter talking face-to-face to the camera about those things instead of hearing the phone conversation. I know they were trying to show pictures of when she was young, trying to get you to see who she was, but I would have liked us to see the pictures, a little bit of cut to the daughter talking about, a little bit cut to pictures, you know what I'm saying? It could have been done right with Edison and everything, but um, it still was a great documentary. I think it was a documentary of love. I think it was a great reflection from her children. It was one of her daughters that did it. And it it wasn't perfect, and nobody is, right? But I love that. People don't understand. The most beautiful thing about artists are their imperfections. Like, I feel like sometimes when people don't hide your imperfections, it's, so, it's who you beautifully are. Like, when you share a story, when you, to me, if you've got the gift, if God has blessed you, and let me just say this, because I don't know, I don't be knowing who listens to this show, okay? But. If God has blessed you with the wonderful gift of artistry where it propels you to um, fame or what I call the God game, I think people make tragic mistakes. I don't know how to say this. How can I make it? And I understand why they make them because it's scary being vulnerable. You've been called into the highest places and highest spaces to vulnerability. I mean, people like me talk about you on my blog. You know what I'm saying? So you've been called to to live your life out in front of people, right? And your lessons are often played out in front of people, if you get a divorce from somebody or if you you sleep around, I mean, if you're having an affair or if you do this, this, the world gets to see all your shit go on display, right? You know what I'm saying? Everybody got got something to say about child. They have that mess up. You know what I'm saying? it, It is crazy. But what I will say is, and I'm trying to figure out how to say this, If you've been caught into those spaces, don't hide. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean is like, yes, man, I understand you have to maintain some privacy. I get that. But I also believe God calls you when you are a lesson. Like, that, hey, it is what it is, okay? Yeah, hell, it ain't always been perfect. I love sometimes when you see an artist that kind of shares some of their stories. You know, they be like, they ain't trying to play no games. They ain't trying to be looking like they, 
you know, because a lot of artists, they, to me, they make a lot of mistakes by trying to be perfection all the time, or else they either try to be too much close to normal, or they out, like, they, it's, it's so, because it's so confusion, because fame is confusion, okay? But at the same time, I don't believe God didn't, I believe God allowed, allowed your vulnerability to be put on front street. Why? Because it's the only way you'll get done what you need to get done. That's the only way you're, you're, you are a, are a, 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 lot, a love lesson to the world sometimes, okay? So it's, in some senses, um, you're already doing it with your music. You're vulnerable if you put your music out. You're vulnerable if you put your artwork out, your paintings out. You're vulnerable if you act before people and suddenly you're a movie star walking down the street. You just might have meant to be an actress, okay, but it may go into other things. And usually to me, if you've been put up, if you're being put up before the world to talk and to share yourself and share a little bit of who you are, that may mean that you have to sometimes be exposed to sharing your life lessons. And to me, uh, sometimes you got to show imperfection because you're not a God. And sometimes that's okay. It's okay to, hey, listen, I don't expect entertainers to be uh, uh, perfect. I understand that. Don't be, I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's some people who are stupid, like John Moran is stupid. Right, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he's a kid. He's up here, got $50 million and trying to, you know what I'm saying, and try, and trying probably just to learn life, right? But he got to play that out in front of the world because, you know, when you called into spaces where you king, where you kingly places and stuff like that, I mean, like, think. I, let me think about this. Think about, and not to compare celebrities, well, kind of, um, of the royal family in England, okay? As much as they try to hide or whatever, I mean, it's hard to hide. They, you, you, it, what they're learning is that um, they're very public. You have, they're, sometimes they live their lives out in the public eye, okay? And uh, they got, you know, they got documentaries on them. His, history books will speak on them. History books will speak to who Queen Elizabeth is 50 years from now, and there will be 30 different versions of what people thought Elizabeth was, okay? But with that high level of, 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 of glory and stuff she got, she also, you're also sharing your life with the world. It's imperfections, it's perfections, and if you learn to translate that, and not be afraid, you know what I'm saying? Not be afraid of people because you're going to make mistakes. You're going gonna to say the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing. Hey, I'm sorry I did the wrong thing. You learn from your mistakes and move on. But for some reason, God's called you to the public eye to be that diversion for people. And to me, it's the, some of the people with the greatest stories and used fame and uh, 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 popularity and things in the best way are people who learn to share their imperfections and learn to share the lessons from them with people. And to me, that's what Donna Summers' family did so beautifully with her. Okay, what I'm saying? Ain't try, you don't got to be perfect. Everybody know you ain't perfect. Ain't no sister being up here trying to figure out like what you are. It's okay, okay? But open.
opening yourself up, you know what I'm saying, to sharing your story. And that story may encourage somebody or inspire somebody to the the uh to the to their next level. It's okay to share uh hard times. It's okay okay to share it don't always go so perfect. I ain't tell you to share all your business, but I'm saying sometimes you've been called to live out before the world for some reason. And I believe that part of that reason is so that you can show the world that you can do wonderful things but also you may not be perfect. You know, there are a you can still have imperfections to you, okay? So I hope y'all get that, all right? But I thought it was – I love the documentary. I thought it was uh, uh, really good. And if you guys get a chance to see it, check it out. Uh, Donna Summers, uh a love to love you. I think I got it up here. Let me see. I think it – we got it up. would get completely uncontrollable. People would begin to, you know, like, rip their clothes off and throw them on the stage, bras, underwear. I didn't know it was going to be, like, that racy. I remember when I Feel Love came on at Studio 54, you just stopped in your tracks. You said, what is this? People screamed. It just went on and on and on, and you didn't want it to stop. I have a secret life. You're looking at me, but what you see is not what I am. Who is she? My approach to singing... I approach it as an actor. I don't approach it as a singer. And it's really acting. I'm not trying to be me. I came up with Giorgio with the... Which just changed the face of music for a while. She was the first female black artist to ever have a video on MTV. She was complicated and struggled with her fame. Donna was trying to navigate being a mother. And the responsibility of that and the weight of that is immense. There's too much fire in me. A lot of her life revolved around privacy and secrecy. We would find out things by reading newspaper articles that they had put out and hidden in places. Sing All right, so that was the trailer from Donna Summer's Love to Love You. You guys should check it out. It's really, really good. Um, and uh, I checked out her chart, too. She has so much Capricorn energy, child. It's not no surprise in this life that she was not going to be that maternal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you got a lot of cap energy, oh, my God. She had tons of it. I think she, she, her, she had like a stellium in cap. I mean, it was crazy. Like her Capricorn, she... she her Capricorn energy was mad, like mad crazy. It's like mad, just mad, a lot of Cap energy, which to me is like I can see that struggle. People a lot of times talk about Sagittarians being the spiritual and the wild side, but I also think Capricorns deal with that too because the struggle is even if you see Capricorns in the tarot card, they're, the the goat is always represented by the devil, right? So because I believe spiritually Caps are always struggling with, like, the things they're put here to do in the earthly realm 
and completing them and doing them, right? You know what I'm saying? Moving like a cap because, you know, caps move like it's all business, right, when they business. But it's, 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 um, but it's struggling with that, that I'm here to do something. Like she said, I have so much fire in me. I think it's struggling to get my what I came here to do, but also uh, dealing with the energy of of the things of life trying to pull me to the normal realm, and I don't want to live in the normal realm. <laughs> it's kind of scorpion-like, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. So I think that's really good. y'all got y'all you guys have to check it out. A uh, really good documentary. Okay. All right. So. Now let's get to these uh, these uh, hot topics out here. Uh, Sheer this week isn't good. Break a time. I ain't got some another break time, right? Okay, no. Okay, Sheer this week uh, talked about. Uh, do I have it up here? Uh, talked about how she got to go. Uh, details her visit with Tina Turner shortly before her death. She was really happy. This is according to Bossup dot com. Uh, they says. Um, it says, uh, Cher is opening up about her time with Tina Turner prior to her tragic passing this week. On Wednesday, May 24th, the 77-year-old singer revealed that she spent some quality time with Tina Turner before she died. The music icon passed away on Wednesday at age 83 following a long illness. Her publisher, Benora Dottery, confirmed to people. During a conversation with MSNBC, Cher gave details on how she got to catch up with her old friend at her home in Zurich, Switzerland, saying the late singer was really happy despite being really sick. I started going to visit her because I thought, I need to put this time into our friendship so she knows we haven't forgotten her, Cher explained. So we all took turns going to spend time with her, and it made her happy, she continued. And I can't spend too much, uh, I can't spend too much time. Then five hours later, we were, like, laughing like crazy. She was having a good time in spite of the fact that she was really sick and not wanting people to know about it, okay? Uh, the cause of, and then we are, uh, Okay, so it says, following some unpleasant side effects from her initial treatment, Turner turned to homeopathic remedies, which only worsened her condition and eventually led her to have a totally kidney failure. Botch uh, donated his kidney to his wife in April 2017, and while procedure was success, Turner revealed during an interview that with the European Kidney Health Alliance that she still experienced mild symptoms. Um on Wednesday, Cher referred to the fact that Turner had her dialysis machine in her house during their time together, but insisted she remained so strong and fought the sickness for such a long time. But I know towards the end she told me once, she said, I'm really ready. I just don't want to put up with this anymore, the singer said, the queen of rock and roll, okay? All right, very interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, Cher, Cher shares that uh, personal story about uh, Tina Turner, Okay. Uh, next, what I want to talk to you about here, too. Um, okay, Blue Ivy was out there dancing with her mama this week. Y'all got to see it in Paris. She looked good. She It was cute. It was cute. I liked it. She did everything she couldn't do in Dubai. I loved it. It was a cute little dance, and they, they had her dancing on point. Uh, you know, it's little points, her little dance moves, because she was so laid back with it, reminded me of Aaliyah. <laughs> it was a little thing. But I, I mean, um, yeah. Listen, I have nothing to say about Beyonce and Jay Z the way, specifically they do with Blue Ivy. I, I love that they don't 
shy her away from the spotlight. Like, they don't shy her away that this, like, try to make her think she's living in normalcy. I know a lot of celebrity parents try to do that, and I'm like, no, I think you need to go, like Tyree said, ten toes down into your lifestyle in a way that's healthy to help, that health, that in a healthy way helps the kids, the child to understand what you do and who you are and what a responsibility is. I'm not talking about just going ten toes down into the bad stuff of celebrity, you know, are you spoiling your kids, you're not there, you're not this and that. From what I see looking from the outside in, Jay-Z and Beyonce, specifically with Blue Ivy, I don't know about the other two. I'm sure the other two there, too. they just young right now. But what I really love that they do with Blue Ivy is they let her know this. It seems like they are, like he, uh, 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 Jay-Z will have her at a game with him. Beyonce brings her out on stage with, him, with her. It is, I am, you're going to embrace all these pleasantries of what we have. And this ain't normal. But it feels like they teaching her, like, this is teaching her how to be solid in it. I'm hoping. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's just, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that is a beautiful thing to not say I'm going to give them a sense of normalcy. I, you know, I it's that they didn't ask for this and all this stuff. Uh, hold up, okay? You ain't gonna stop your kid. I mean, people got the right to raise their kids to raise their kids whatever way they want to, okay? But the truth is, the life your life ain't normal, okay? It ain't normal, okay? And it ain't gonna be like other kids' life, okay? And I love that Jay-Z and Beyonce does that. Kim Kardashian does that with North, too. And because you could tell North embraces the limelight, where the other kids might not as much, North does. And so they they like, okay, we're going to teach her how to navigate this thing, right? You know, I love that. Sometimes as people, people be trying to do stuff with their kids, be trying to, they be trying to help, but they, they don't really be looking at the undercurrent of them. Like, you know, like, I always use myself. When I was a young kid, my grandparents, I was not being raised in a normal situation. And one day my grandma had to come in and tell me, say, hey, this ain't normal. It ain't going to never be normal. It ain't normal. Okay? I'm your, I'm raising you. Your, I'm your grandma. It's not normal. But this is how it is. And this is what it's going to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This is, this is your life. This is, this is your Embrace it. And you take everything you can with it. Don't be mad at nobody. This is your blessing. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that that Jay-Z and Beyonce do a hell of a job showing her this is your blessing, okay? I hope they, you know, they balancing it with some with ethics and morals and values. But what I grab from them is they that's solid. They do that. And for once, I'm, I always say nice things about I didn't like the Grammy shit. I didn't like her winning the Grammy because I felt like that was a slap in the face to other artists. I think that's what you got to calm that down because I think – you know, saying round skin girl, I mean, to me that don't win a Grammy, okay? But I do think that the other stuff, putting you out on stage, helping you embrace the lifestyle and everything like that, I think those are good things, okay? So I ain't got nothing to say about them on that. I love that, okay? I thought that was nice. I thought it was cute to have your child out on stage dancing with you and performing. I think that's a beautiful thing, okay? Um, what's next? What else I got to talk to y'all about? 
Brian McKnight, do we? No, that's not. I don't want to sell the Brian McKnight story yet. Let me see. What else? Um, okay, I'm trying to find my next story I have for y'all. I know I had another story up. Y'all know how I be. Sometimes I be having these stories and I be like, uh-oh, what happened? Okay. Be slow around here sometimes. Hold on, let me figure out what's, what else I say I was going to talk to y'all about. Okay. You talked about Blue Ivy. Oh, the Jordan stacking up. Okay, listen. Nike is sounding like they are having problems, okay, over there at Nike. Uh, they're saying there's been a shuffle of executives. And, um, yeah, basically, uh, let me see. Let me see. Pull it up here. Okay. I got it up. It says Nike is shuffling. This is from Flipboard.com. It says Nike is shuffling, um, okay, shuffling executives and searching for its next breakthrough innovation. Has unwanted Air Maxes and Air Jordans piled up? Nike this week announced a series of executive changes designed to underscore the company's a commitment to product innovation. Just as more analysts start to question the company's stale product lineup. Once coveted Air Jordans and Air Maxes are now sitting on shelves with some retro Jordans, okay? Um, let's see. Um, where is it? So, uh, Air Max is becoming Air Mini. <laughs> uh, reads, uh, let me see. Where is it uh, reads the headline of, of a report this week from Williams Trading Analyst Sam Poser, who downgraded Nike stock to sell. On Wednesday, Nike announced a series of executive moves and touted uh, the shuffle as a way to supercharge product development. In the roughly 500-word press release, Nike used the word innovation four times. These shifts will allow us to streamline our focus across product, brand storytelling, and marketplace mining deep consumer insights to deliver breakthrough innovations and engagement while building long-term growth and profitability, CEO John Donahue, Donahue uh, said in the press release. While numerous analysts remain bullish on Nike, Poser is among those who say um, Nike needs to ramp up innovation. There is not enough compelling new product offerings, and the old product has become still Poser wrote, pointing to Air Max running shoes and family footwear uh, has examples. There is no newness coming out of Nike, said industry analyst uh, Arch USA founder Chris Burns, who recently wrote about peak Nike. After two years of heavy re- retro buying, many consumers also have fit their closets with Jordans, Dunks, and Blazers. They don't need another pair. And, you know, they haven't changed the Jordans much in many years. And I will say this, the greatest asset you have to meet to the Jordan brand is Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan tried to be, he hit, Here's one of the things I'll say this about Jordan. Jordan has been a ghost and a thorn in the NBA side for many years, and I, I'm getting ready to get on that in a minute. But um, Jordan is a personality, okay? And I never thought Jordan had no business owning a team. I know he, he wanted to go do that, and that's a beautiful thing, but I really thought Jordan belonged on the air on TV, like Tom Brady's going, if you ever hear Jordan talk, if you ever heard Jordan in interviews and stuff, y'all done heard Jordan. Jordan is funny. He's arrogant. He's all that. He's all interesting things that are TV. 
And, you know, especially, you know, back in his day, he was good looking, you know what I'm saying? He's still good looking now, but you know what I'm saying? He's older, but he he got that swag. It's something about Jordan. Jordan could have had his own show, and the Nike product just, they, you know, it could have been going on and on and on. He he could have remained a thorn in the NBA, but to me, he tried to step back in the shadows and, the, and, and be a business owner, and I was like, eh. But, you know, um, I don't know, and then the, and they've done nothing different. Like there's no like the Jordan brand is just it's nothing. And I'm a Nike girl. I love Nike. I wear Nike. Like my friends always be laughing. I, I wear a lot of Nike, right? You know and stuff like that. I buy other shoes. I like hooker. I you know I buy a little different shoes. I like because uh, when I work out, because I'm an old woman, I like to hook the shoes. And then you like <laughs> I'm not an old woman, but I'm a uh, youthful older woman, all right. And then you, uh, then you, uh, then I have, uh, you know, I like other. I like I bought the Under Armour Quarries. I bought other brands of shoes. I really like Puma, different stuff like that. But I'm a Nike girl at the heart of it, and I've noticed it too. Okay, so here's what I say: Jordan has been a thorn in the NBA storm for years. I mean, you know, the Jordan goes looms hard and heavy. Kobe Bryant was going to be the heir apparent at one time, but we know how that went before Kobe passed away, okay? You know, Kobe had a number, a series of couple bad things happen, and that just didn't come to be, okay? And plus, I just never thought Kobe had the branding power of Jordan, okay? Same thing with LeBron James. They push, 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 push all day LeBron. No offense, but LeBron's just not that. I mean, uh, no matter what you do. No matter what you do, NBA, it, it, it doesn't trailer. You, just, you can have him break as many records as possible. It, 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 it just doesn't go over well. And you can see the NBA now searching. I mean, they're going international. They done went everywhere. Please let us find a star. They didn't even put this, little, this other kid up from France they hoping to beat one. I'm like, man, it's not going to work, NBA. And you got a good four to five years to get Steph Curry. Because Steph Curry was that at first. Steph Curry could have got rid of the Jordan Ghost. But the NBA was too busy focusing on uh, Jordan, okay? Uh, and also, Steph Curry, I mean, when he went to Under Armour the first time to teach Nike a lesson, I got that, okay? That was a great deal. But signing with Under Armour, a lifetime deal was dumb as fuck, okay? The Under Armour ain't been out here doing nothing. I I said I was going to stop cussing. I'm trying to stop cussing. It was dumb. Excuse my language. It was dumb, okay? <laughs> and they still ain't done nothing with Steph Curry's brain. Still ain't done nothing. Now, I'm going to say something here. I don't know if it's... Nike, if I'm you... And then the job Moran shoes sold out, but how many did y'all put out? Okay, and I like to have the answer to that. I mean, that you know, that's not gonna do it. Either. What would I say to Mikey? I say we got good. How long? How many years we got? If Steph, Steph Curry's doing good, you got good about probably four, five years before five years, maybe six years before he retires, maybe four or five years. Man, I'd be trying to get him out of that lifetime contract over there at Under Armour. I'd be, I'd, I'd put all the stuff. I'd be hunting. I don't know what they can do, what they can and can't do. I'd, I'd be over there trying to be like, we'll pay, we'll, we'll pay twice that. Because to me, he has the personality. He has the, he's not faking with the family. He has, the, he has, all, it, well, it don't seem like he's faking. At least they're good actors about it. He has all that, and it, 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 it was, it was blowing at first. 
but now it's not because the NBA keeps trying to push. The NBA so confused, keep trying to push non personalities, and it's not gonna. They're not gonna do it. You gotta find a personality. And Nike needs one too. Remember when Nike tried to? Who they use? They tried to use what's the dude? The dude, the activist dude. What's his name? The football. The back. I didn't go over there and beg, beg and Patrick Mahomes out of that Adidas thing. I'd be like, <laughs> man, come away from Adidas. <laughs> you got, y'all got to do something. <laughs> okay, get these, get these sports guys out of the them, uh, bad contracts they got. Because Adidas ain't doing nothing with him either. Them little ugly shoes they just put out not too long ago. That was, them was ugly. Them Skylars or whatever they were. Ooh, Lord. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Him and Steph is over there. They struggle. They got them struggle shoes. Now, I don't see nobody. I mean, I'm trying to look throughout the NBA and find. I just, I don't know. You know, it's just there. I don't know. Y'all got nobody with the. Oh, it's sad. I, you know, it's hard. You might have to go into celebrity land and stuff and start. You might get a recording artist or somebody. Y'all, y'all might have to go outside y'all box, a movie star or something to reinvigorate Nike. Not no Beyonce, because Beyonce, you know, I don't know. She, I don't know if it's her. Like, when she touched situations, y'all can't, if y'all do design something for her, y'all can't do clothes. She she, she missed her point. She should have put that beyond. She should have been the one doing the Tiffany shoe. The Tiffany with the uh, with the Nike shoe. Like She should have been doing something like that. That would have went through the book. But Beyonce be trying to be up there different and high end, and she be always looking at her stuff be looking crap and cheap. So don't pick her. She's oversaturated and might be in the market heading towards a nosedive, okay? Well, you know, already at nosedive. Y'all might have to pick some fun artists who got personality. No, don't. Not no Lottos and a hundred people. No. Okay, you're gonna have to find somebody. It's just that translates through for young, old translates. Okay, you may have to, y'all may have to go somewhere. I mean, Nike may have to do something different. Okay, and get out the athlete thing because the athletes right now, you only got a few of them that got that kind of personality, great personality, which is Patrick Mahomes, um, uh, 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 Steph, who who translates to people liking them in sales and stuff. To me, the NBA just messed up. They focused way too much on, on, on LeBron James, gave LeBron James far too much power in the NBA, and he wasn't. And why? I don't know, because he hasn't been able to take you out of the Jordan ghost. It just hasn't happened, you know? So, okay, so I got to come. I will come back in a moment. I'm going to talk to you all more about this stuff, but I got to go on break because my break thing is calling. So uh, we're going to start it off with uh, Raphael Sadiq, Never Give You Up. I'll be back in a moment. It's the CC Show. We're talking hot topics, and I'll be back. Just an average 
favorite thing is Stephanie Mills. That's an old school one right there. Keep away, girls, okay? It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. I am back. And that article I just read uh, beforehand, it was from the Business Insider to uh, the rest of the article, some parts of the article about Nike and the problem they're having. Man, good luck, Nike. Okay. All right. So. Uh, also in the news, man, I just saw this because we were just talking about Steph Curry and them, but I saw this uh, earlier, and I thought to myself, what is she talking about? But they, this is from rhymeswithsnitch.com via The Insider. It says, Aisha Curry blames Red Table Talk editing for making her look crazy. Now, to me, the Red Table Talk conversation with the Currys is one of my favorite Red Table Talks, and I'll tell y'all why in a minute, but I love it. But it says, four years ago, Golden State Warriors star point guard Steph Curry's wife Aisha went viral after admitting uh, she missed getting attention from other men since becoming a mom during their interview on Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk. Now Aisha claims the interview was edited to make her look crazy. This is from the insider. She had a particularly bad experience on Red Table Talk, the Facebook Live interview series helmed by Jada Pinkett Smith in 2019. At the time of the show, at the time the show was taped, Curry was newly uh, was was newly postpartum a nursing mother, a nursing mother on the program. She discussed sometimes feeling insecure in her marriage, sometimes wanting attention, real and vulnerable human emotions. But the show was edited in a way that made me sound crazy. She says it's not what I said, and the context was weird. Yeah, I took that one personally. Media is a very ruthless space, says Curry's sister-in-law, Sadelle Curry Lee. Celebrities are real people. All press is good press. But that's not true when it comes to your emotions and our mental health and their family. We're all about protecting our peace, okay? Um, okay, and, and, and I'm sure it, it's, there's been this comparison I've been seeing because, listen, I, 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 and this is not the shade. I, I'm, yeah, no, I'm – oh, Lord. There's been a lot of comparison because some people say, especially from dudes in the nanospheres because they did not – they didn't take to Aisha Curry very well, Okay. And a lot of times men, it's person, men, it's not the woman. They just don't like Steph because they think Steph is uh, uh, is weak or he's a simp or whatever, you know, because he ain't like them. He ain't like LeBron James or whatever, you know, come off that black guy manly. But, you know, a lot of people have been comparing her to Savannah James. I say that, listen, so, cause the people say, well, Savannah's, you know, look at her, how she moves. She's a quiet wife and all this stuff. Hold up, Savannah either. But this is just really, I'm going to touch you. A lot of the man of spirit will do that. But not telling you that Savannah James was not married to LeBron. She just married LeBron about, well, how many years ago? Wasn't that long ago. She already had two kids with LeBron outside of marriage. She was with LeBron since high school, back and forth. No, because they like to say people need to be married and all this stuff before they have kids and all this stuff. They do do that in man of spirit. Okay? Aisha Curry was married to Stephanie Curry before she had children. She married him. She married him very early. Some of the, she did all the manosphere things that y'all say do, whereas Savannah did not do that, okay? And Aisha's a little different. She's outspoken, and but she has created a business and a, 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 a fame, and that's not to dish Savannah. I'm just saying what it is, okay? That And Aisha's created a brand outside of Steph, okay? And maybe, you know, sometimes some wives don't like to say nothing because they scared or what they, they may can't talk. I don't know what the situation is. They be saying they want to, maybe you just don't, you ain't got a personality that comes across like Aisha. 
So you, Aisha is an Aries, okay? She ain't scared to ruffle your feathers. And Aisha, don't be flicking back on what you said. What you said was fine. It wasn't nothing wrong with the editing. It was nothing wrong. Women are not super women, okay? She had three babies, three, three children by a dude that was very, 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 very famous. All kind of fine women come and probably at him every day. And she's like looking at herself, yes, everything ain't about you. That's why I say women, it's a mis- and men, listen, it's not that women want attention from men, okay? It's that even sometimes y'all get a little carried away when women ain't getting attention. Y'all start going after people who who do get the attention. If a woman start losing herself, you start saying, "Hey, baby, you know you ain't you ain't you ain't doing what you used to do. You ain't looking like you used to look." Okay, so if she decides she want to look like she used to look and get attention and stuff like that, oh, then it's a man on screen. Man on screen, oh, it's a problem. Make, make up your mind what you want. Okay, and this girl was saying, "Hey, I'm human. I want people to see me for myself, not just the Steph's wife." Not just, and, and most men find that attractive. I don't care what the man on Twitter said. Most men find attractive a challenge. That's a lie when they tell you they don't. It's a lie. It's a lie. Lies. Okay. I say it. I say it. Hey. Hey. Not a crazy challenge. I'm just talking about a challenge. You like women like a challenge, men like a challenge, okay? And Aisha said here, Aisha was saying, listen, I don't feel beautiful sometimes. I'm struggling. I'm just. I'm struggling. Yeah, I when I, I I sometimes want somebody to say, "Hey, you look good today. You fine." Right? Cause her whole existence ain't it being a mommy and Steph Curry's wife. She's Aisha too. And I don't think there was nothing wrong with what she said. I don't think there was nothing wrong in how they edited. Aisha, shut up. There wasn't nothing wrong. You just took a lot of flack for that. But you need to learn from Jada over there. Okay? No, no, no. I, I, Jada, I'm going to say this about Jada Pinkett Smith. Do I think it was smart to mess with August Alcina? Hell no, that was dumb. <laughs> but what people forget often with Jada Pinkett Smith, but Jada, and Jada, I don't think people really realize, and I'm going to say this about her, how, how beautifully flawed Jada is. I, I mean, and she takes it. She like, takes it like a chair. She takes it like a man. They like, okay, whatever. You feel that way about me? I know it hurt her, but she gonna let y'all tell see it hurt her. You know what I'm saying? I know it might be like, you know, I'm just damn. They thinking that about me. Everybody talking about me cheating. Ain't nobody talking about Will ass out here was going with people too. Okay. The truth is, it was a. Uh, what it sounded like it was an open-ass marriage, but y'all always talk because y'all don't like how Will came on, and Will made himself, Will didn't talk about his own ish because he wasn't caught, he, he, didn't, he did get caught, y'all did, a lot of which allegedly he got caught because Tasha K had put out stuff on Will way ahead of time, okay? The only thing Jada had done bad, ter- terrible was that who it was with, okay? It was a young man that she, she had no business messing with. He was too young. He was uh, 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 messed up out in these streets and all this stuff in his head and everything. But they didn't go over there and pick, pick, 
wheels-ish, okay? But Jada took that. She took it as if, y'all, she took all that, yeah, everybody saying, divorce her and don't do this and do this and do that. But Jada owns, stands 10 toes down in who Jada Pinkett Smith is, okay? That's one thing I say. And so Aisha Curry, don't be running and hiding. Now, you know, I already put it out there. You already said what you thought. Don't run and hide them. They edited me wrong and all that. No, I'll be like Jada and stand 10 toes down in what you said, okay? They already don't like you. First, they didn't, people didn't like you because they thought you was being too Christian. Then you try to be vulnerable and say vulnerable things and say things how you felt. Then they start calling you a hoe. I mean, it's just like you can't please people no matter what, okay? And quit trying to please these folks out here. And be great. You might be an outspoken wife, okay? And sometimes, yeah, you might have to calm it down. Your husband might say, all right, chill, whatever. But that's who you are. That Aries energy is beautiful in you. That is who you are. You go, and, and, and people, you know why people don't like you? Because they know you, because you let yourself be known. Most people probably wouldn't like other people, other wives, too. If they let themselves, they would let themselves be known. Some of them hiding because they real, they are. Some of them don't want nobody to tell. They don't want to say who they are because they talk about themselves because they ain't that nice. So they just stay quiet all the time. Like, mm-hmm, yes, and look at her. She's a good wife over there, quiet. You don't know, you don't know a dang old thing about her. Because she keep her business to herself. She might be dating. She might be screwing the pool boy. You don't know that. I'm not saying that's going on with other wives. I'm just saying the ones that y'all don't know. I'm talking about, that's a good wife. She, that's a good woman. She, look at her playing her part. Look at her doing what she's doing. She ain't out here taking no men. She ain't out here doing it. You don't know what. You don't have no clue what she's doing. She just might be knowing how to play her her game so nobody won't come over there snooping in her window. But Aisha don't do that. Aisha tell you straight up how she thinks. Okay? So, and I think, and I like that, and I think that's so with Jada. But the only thing I don't like is Aisha don't try to backtrack now. There's nothing wrong with that interview. That interview, it showed that you were beautifully vulnerable. It also showed uh, Steph Curry's mama. You know, that she was vulnerable. She even talks about it. So I just thought it was a wonderful interview. I, there was nothing wrong with that interview. Okay? Nothing. Not a thing. Okay. Shout out to Jada. Jada did that, okay? And Jada, 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 when I say what Jada, I say Jada's beautifully flawed. What I mean is she takes, she 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 stands in her fault. She stands in her crap. <laughs> She stands like crap. And people be like, look at Jada being all spiritual over there. She's one of the worst things, but it's often. Let me tell you something. It's also often the most spiritual people to be going through some of the most crappy stuff. Lauren Hill, y'all be telling you, I was going off about that miseducation of Lauren Hill. But what, is it, what was that album born out of? Okay. No, let's talk about it since y'all be talking about Y'all be making Lauren like she a spiritual guru, and she is. But what was that album born out of? It was born out of allegedly her affair with Wyclef John. Okay? He was married. Okay? And the other man allegedly was probably me. Hey! Sitting up here just saying, oh, they so great. They so spiritual. Spiritual people often be going through the most. The most. The most. I be telling people that all the time. I remember I was reading years ago when I was a young girl at ORU. I was going to Oral Roberts University, and I was reading this um, the story. I love I love Catherine. If you ever heard about the killer 
Catherine Kuhlman. I I used to I big uh, I I was I had a big affinity towards Catherine Kuhlman. And so you read uh, I was reading one of her life stories. And one in one of her books, Catherine Kuhlman was known as a very big spiritualist in in the Christianity world and stuff like that. A very powerful woman, a god, and everything like that. But if you read about Catherine Kuhlman's early life. Catherine Kuhlman struggled a lot with a lot of things, especially even in her spiritual life. She talked about how, you know, the way she got her power, you know, people the healing power. She said God was wanted to give it to, she said, so she told a story about God wanted to give it to several men, and he gave it to her because those men rejected it. And she talked about how she was on, on I believe, I can't remember the story out of way, so don't quote me on this, but how she was on a, a a, a tour or on a like a with an evangelist who was married whom she was in love with. Hey, 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 okay, that's Catherine Kuhlman up in these streets. I'm just trying to tell y'all, okay? So y'all be sitting up here, because somebody just tell somebody a spiritual guru and God going on like that, don't mean they don't go through nothing. Sometimes some people be going through the worst. And Jada Pinkett is that great dread table talk. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie about it. It was good. It was good on them. She shared, she did a, put a lot of things out there. I think that people were afraid to talk about. And just because Jada's spiritual and has spiritual, spiritual insight, don't mean that Jada perfect. She, most people got great spiritual insight because they have been through something. Take a lot to go through that, and they still be going through. <laughs> That's what I be telling y'all. Don't be trying to do that with me. You're going to be sad, okay, up in here. Hey, I'm just going to tell you, okay? I may have some spiritual insight, but I'll be going through. <laughs> Ain't nothing perfect over here. <laughs> okay? So that's a, that's how I'll be going. You know, if you also can find, you'll find sometimes. I always tell people one of the great, great movies is The Apostle. If you ever seen the movie The Apostle. The Apostle is a story about, uh, it's, I forget who played in The Apostle. Uh, a real famous actress was about this preacher who was very spiritual. It's very, but he he killed somebody. And he got here. I mean, look at read the Bible. Y'all read the Bible. People in the Bible that was the most spiritual was probably sometimes most messed up. David. Child, don't even let me get up here. I be telling you, David was a, a hot mess. Hey, David was not only was he a hot mess, he was womanizer. The Bible says that David was God called David. David was called God's friend. Okay, but David had a woman problem. The Bible said when he was sick and dying, when they wanted to see if David was dead, they sent the virgin in the room. That's how they knew the king was dead because he didn't try to touch. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to touch. spiritual people. Are, uh, yet, but David would dance before God, do all kind of pleasing things, but. What was David's great thing about him? He knew how to repent. He knew how to come to God when he messed up, and he knew how to change. But he didn't mean he didn't go through nothing at first. And when he wasn't trying God out in the streets, he was trying God in the streets, okay? So I don't like when people try to do that with Aisha. They try to put that on uh, 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 Jada, put the, put the scarlet letter on Jada and the scarlet letter on, on Aisha Curry. Okay, those to me they are not, they are strong girls. Okay, and can deal with a lot of stuff. And if you had them, probably has on your side, you probably realize like, dang, wait a minute, I thought this was somebody weak, but this is this is somebody tough. 
a little bit tougher than I thought. They just make smaller decisions sometimes, like everybody does. Okay? So, so yeah, no, Aisha, stand 10 toes down in your stuff, girl. Yeah, I said I want some other attention sometimes. You being real, okay? Okay, black owner of Jamaican College Business says she's banning black Americans. Now, black people in America, okay, I want you to take note, okay? Y'all better not, don't be written from this lady no more, okay? Because she says y'all coming over there acting a fool, allegedly, okay? Now, don't rent, don't none of us rent for, for no more. So she done put everybody in a, a broad brush, then we won't rent, don't nobody go over there and rent from okay? Anyway. This is from the Independent News, okay? It says via MSN.com. It says this is a rather peculiar story. It has a black business owner in Jamaica face that she is not entertaining anyone, any more black American guests. She states that black Americans that come to her cottage are entitled and will want free items. She adds that she does not want black Americans any longer for short-term stay. There is an apparent disassociation among black Americans and Jamaicans. According to CBS, it appears that Jamaican-born people are identifying themselves as different people. We are different people, okay? No, that's black Americans that are identifying themselves as different people. All of us. Listen, black America is a culture. What do y'all think? What is going on around here? I keep trying to tell y'all this. What is going on? We are a culture that influenced the world. That's our culture out there. They're one of many black people who moved to the United States uh, to the, but are identifying as African Americans despite claiming not to be so, okay? And a lot of people do that. A lot Now, see, when, if some of them people that coming down there to her college might be saying she might be thinking they're African American, but they might not be African American. They may not be black American, okay? So, well, I don't know. She, she know their background. Some of them do not identify as African American, but as Jamaican-born black individuals. Regardless, there are several questions when it comes to relations of African-Americans and Jamaican-born black people in the United States. Redditors state that the cultural differences between the two is one of the reasons why they are quite distant from each other. But, yeah, we're two different cultures. We're different from Haitians. We're different from Dominicans. We're different from black Afro-Cubans. What's going on around here? Why y'all be trying? See, this is the, this is the nonsense that be going on. Okay. One of the first comments about this whole situation is that the woke left accused her of being a hateful, bigoted person. She also describes those that visit her college that happen to be African-American as disrespectful, entitled, and unappreciated. Conservatives are defending her statement. She has no problem with African people nor people from other regions. And conservatives, this is where you're dumb. Because you try to sell off, you don't like people crossing the borders. You uh, even even uh, uh, Donald Trump was talking about some of these countries where people come from third world countries and stuff like that. Yet and still, you you guys feel like they're people. You talk about their countries. You talk about how in disarray these countries are and stuff like that. And partly because your American government has helped to dis- dismantle some of those uh, countries, yet you bring them over and you um, and you make them think that we are the problem. And they buy into the idea of white supremacy. Because you don't have to be 
a black, you don't have to be a white person to adopt the ideas of supremacy, to adapt the ideas of racism. I always laugh at uh, me watching the five and, and white people are trying to be like, oh, there are some of the white people on the five be like, they're a white supremacist and they're black. And I'm like, quit gaslighting. You know damn well what's going on. You, They try to make black people feel like they're crazy for saying that. But they the ones that set that system. They know that they, there used to be a house nigga and a field nigga. Come on, man. We ain't going to play no games. That's why I don't pay no attention to white people when they say stuff like that. They say, oh, so you don't remember how, how they set up slavery. They do. That's just gaslighting. <laughs> How that can be. Yes, that can be. Black people, because of the horrible uh, stigma of race and racism in America, the, because racism isn't just about not liking a group of people, but it's also making a, pe- making a people think they're inferior to you or not as good as you. And so you could cause in people disassociation from their own race. They know this. When they do that stuff, I always say that's white gaslighting. I don't pay no attention to it. Okay. Uh, following that there, uh, but they say, however, majority of comments disagree with this. The woman has a right to speak about her business. Okay. And what others speculate that it could be financial reasons, because Americans are wealthier than Jamaicans in general. Furthermore, Twitter users state that when visiting another country, despite one's race, they should be respecting the locals more. Once there is a mutual respect, it will be easier to make friends on holidays. And I agree with that. I do believe that in every country you go to, and most black Americans do that because most black Americans will have an affinity for sometimes other countries in the diaspora. That's why the part of the problem with Adolf that we, I mean, part of the problem with black America or traditional black America is that they get too accepting of everybody thinking that painting everybody has their culture like oh they black people they just like us but culturally they're not they're very different and that's what we have not been educated enough in understanding the world okay and our influence on the world okay so um there are some black rights activists that are vehemently upset at this woman claims towards african-americans following that the user states that it is blatant white supremacist super supremacism from the past until today that is making them look bad. However, there are many who disagree with this sentiment. It is a sensitive topic for most part, despite uh, being widely discussed among those on the internet. Okay. Listen, um, hold on, let me go here. See what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not with me, with each other. The mm-hmm. disrespectful, the entitled, the un- unappreciative. And if this. And a black American savior. I'm not savior. African people savior, of Jamaican people savior, of white people savior, of Spanish people savior, and of black American savior. I'm not saying not all black Americans are bad, but the ones that came to my place have been nothing but problems. Only two good ones came here, all of them. Fight late at night, not with me, with each other. The disrespectful, the entitled, the unappreciative. And it is that way because America has spoiled them and given them so much free shit. Where they come to Jamaica and get the free same free. 
free shit out there and be nasty about it. I'm not saying all of you are like that. But because of that, I'm not risking my health and my happiness for people. No short-term stay. No short-term stay. It's not going to happen. I'm going to eat salt and banana and let goats and cows live into my houses. That I have people come interested. I will not hate my business because of customers. A lot of business people are miserable because of some kind of customer. Not this place. I want my place is drama free. Okay, first of all, I can tell that she's already jealous. I, 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 and that happens a lot too. And you, and not all Jamaicans, but some, a lot, sometimes from that culture, you can, in different cultures, you will see a, a, a jealousy and they'll start using white supremacy talking points about black Americans. Free shit. What's the free shit? Where we get free shit? I, did I get my free shit today? Let me look in the mail. Did they give me my free? We black Americans get too much free shit. Where's my free shit? The free shit come in the mail? Where's my free my free shit? I know my ancestors worked two hundred and sixty years for free. But we ain't got no free shit. Free do we get some free shit today? Do we get our free shit? Where's our free shit? <laughs> That's a white supremacy talking point. Assuming that all black Americans are on, on welfare, assuming that all black Americans do this and that and that and this and that. And if we are on welfare it's because they owe us money they owe us money. Our ancestors, our ancestors, do you understand, you idiot? Black people worked in America, our ancestors, for 260 years for free and then add another 100 and some years of Jim Crow and desegregation and segregation. But yet the only thing you could pick up because you don't know history is white talking points. They could they they like that because America gives them so much free shit. What's free? And you welcome for helping you create reg a uh, reggae because that's what black black Americans is that. Uh, from Bob Marley himself said it he was influenced by Black America. Where's our free? I'm trying to figure out where this free shit. Black people, do you get you? Where's the free shit? Have we got some free shit? I I don't know. We got we. She said we get too much free shit and we expect it from the world. I'm trying to figure out. I ain't got mine. I check. I, I ain't got mine. I'm going gonna, gonna to go check the mail today and make sure see if I got my free shit. Because I'm like, I guess we got some free shit. That was a white supremacy talking some point. And that's a, a total miseducation. There is no argument. You can, If you was listening to her, you can hear she's an idiot. So I don't believe, what I believe was going on is maybe she got some idiots visiting, but maybe people was trying to correct her on some things. But she sounds like an idiot talking about they can expect because America gives them too much free shit. Girl, you don't know. You don't know nothing about our history. You don't know nothing about us as a people to say that, to say we get too much free shit. What's the free shit we get? I'm trying to figure out what the free shit. Free. Y'all know we got some free stuff? We got some free. And then some African-Americans will code sing this because we got low self-esteem. We're like, yeah, well, see, we do be acting food. No. Okay? That's not what the problem is. Listen to what she's saying. She's lying from the get-go, talking about we expect uh, certain things because America Give us all kind of free shit. We don't. We don't even want to give out something for free. Our Jamaican people stay here. Our white people stay here. Our Spanish people stay here, and our black Americans stay here. I'm not saying. 
entitled, they are unappreciative. And it is that way because America has spoiled them and given so much free shit. Okay, she said we we disrespectful, we entitled, we're ungr- we're uh, uh, we're ungrateful, and it seems that way. She said not all African Americans, but you are saying all, because uh, we 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 America has given us so much free shit. Where is the free shit? I mean, I'm trying to figure out. I'm gonna ask my friends. They did they give you your house, your free stuff? Because I don't know nobody's getting nothing for free. Free, free. Ain't not even people on welfare problems going free. Ain't nothing free. Ain't nothing free. Ain't nothing. If you black in America, if you traditionally black in America, we ain't got nothing for free. I don't know what you talking about. We didn't. They didn't give us our forty acres and a mule. That they supposed to give us. They lied. We ain't got that yet. And then they tell us now we can't give y'all no reparations. We ain't got no money. I mean, it's ridiculous. What am I here? I didn't participate in slavery. I just benefit from it, but I didn't participate. Why? What you talking about? Free? They hanging our ancestors and stuff in the silence and stuff because they want to vote. They bombing cities because we build up a black Wall Street and serve each other and serve ourselves, and then they come and bomb it when it's doing better than they can afford. What's free? What the hell she talking about? I don't even pay no attention to her. And I, everybody should know. This chick right here, she's a dummy. And like, black people, black Americans, y'all bet not be Airbnb or getting nothing from her. She says, yeah, put her, I'm glad they put her on the barefoot, what is it, is island lady. Y'all should never, ever, 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 ever uh, come to her establishment, ever. Let you take the Chinese people's money, the African people's money, okay? Oh, she made a video doubling down on her statements. Oh, so this is this is really this is what this is this, okay?
as a matter of fact, you know what? Listen, you ain't got to go visit Jamaica. There's plenty of other people. No, you, this, should, this, should, this should make black people just double down. You know what? Sometimes we got to send out a state. We got to send out a state. I love it. I like Jamaican people. I like all kinds of people across the world. But sometimes you got to make her people. She's acting like <clears throat> Jamaica's a paradise over there. Only in certain places I hear. Okay. She acting like, let me see, I have to put this up. Let me, let me look this up here. Let me read this article right here that came out Monday. Because this heifer is getting on here talking about, I don't want no more African-Americans coming to my shop. I don't come. If you're just lashing out at me, she acting like it's, we got, she got paradise going on over there. Okay. U.S. State Department advises reconsidering travel to Jamaica. Why the warning is needed. Okay. No, no, no. That. Okay. Okay. We need to avoid the black people stop it. Jamaica is a popular destination for tourists from all around the world, and a lot of Black Americans love to go to Jamaica. Stop the bullshit, okay? Let her, let let Jamaica pay for her, okay? And then they start checking themselves. After all, it features mounds of white sand beaches along with numerous waterfalls and lagoons. Plus, it's usually crystal clear waters also make Jamaica one of the top destinations in the Caribbean for snorkeling. If you've been thinking about a trip to Jamaica, however, you might want to put those plans on hold. The U.S. Department of State recently issued a Level 3 reconsidered travel advisory for U.S. citizens planning to travel to Jamaica. Reconsidered travel to Jamaica due to crime, the State Department explains. Violent crimes such as home invasion, armed robbery, sexual assault, and homicides are common. Sexual assaults occur frequently, including at all-inclusive resorts. The homicide rate reported by the government of Jamaica has for several years been among the highest in the Western Hemisphere, the, uh, the State Department notes. While the homicide rate has well has the number of violent crimes continues to rise, here's another factor that makes this situation increasingly worse for the travelers and their families. Local police often do not respond. Res- Local police often do not respond effectively to serious criminal incidents, the State Department continues. When arrests are made, cases are infrequently prosecuted uh, to a conclusive sentence. Okay, this is from MSN.com. Secondly, families of U.S. citizens who are killed in accidents or homicides in Jamaica frequently wait a year or more for final death certificates to be issued by Jamaican authorities, according to the State Department. Finally, the State Department also notes that the emergency service and hospital care vary throughout Jamaica. Furthermore, response times and quality quality of care may vary from U.S. standards, according to the State Department. Now, if you do go, if you decide to travel to Jamaica, the State Department offers some important guidance. First of all, always be aware of your surroundings and keep a low profile. Secondly, avoid walking or driving at night, taking public buses or scheduled places or situations, okay? Now, she's sitting up here talking about black Americans coming to spend their little money down there in crime-infested. You might get raped. But at least you see some blue waters. The police might not come to help your ass. But at least you get to do some snorkeling in Jamaica. 
and she want to talk about you coming to visit, but she ain't talking about her own situation, where that, where she at. All that crime going on, she's focusing on you and whatever free shit you supposed to be getting. I don't know what the free shit is, but she's saying you getting free shit. Okay? Y'all, please, you ain't got to go visit Jamaica. Jamaica's in Jamaica. They done put out a warning for visiting Jamaica. Okay? It's another, it's a warning. It's been a lot of U.S. The United States has been warning about a lot of these overseas. I always check it ahead of time because that means the United States is telling you if you get over there and something happens, you might be ass out. That's what they're trying to say. Girl, I wouldn't worry about black Americans. You need to be worried about the Jamaicans. All that crime going on. I know we got our crime, but at least the police response. These huh? ain't telling me to keep a little profile. She want to talk about black Americans and titles. They want to free stuff. Girl, you better worry about Jamaica. Okay? Talking about us, talking about us. You can't use, they giving out warnings from the State Department, don't go to Jamaica. And this help us up here talking about us being entitled. And the reason why is we get free stuff. And then she going to double down on it. Boy, we should be closing up shop on Jamaica fast. We should be like, nah, that's it. That's why we should be on code. We should, exactly, we should be like, that's it. Now, she, so y'all need to straighten her. Y'all need to check her. It ain't even safe to go. But she want to point us out. Make the island safe for us to go. Well, I don't think it seems like you're scary, they think. You, you sitting here talking about pointing point out black people, black American people, who come and bring their tourism money. I know a lot of black people that have been to Jamaica. They love, they go there. They, they tell you don't go to the store at certain parts. They, be, they do be telling you that. But they spend a lot of money there only for this. Help her to get on the thing and talk about because she done had about three people come there that ain't been ish. And suddenly she come in there and she come up with a whole bunch of crap talking about we get free stuff. I'm trying to figure out what my free stuff is. Cause I didn't know America was giving us free stuff. Yeah, where is the free stuff? That's wild. Free stuff. Unbelievable. This is terrible. Okay, I ain't, you can't even. This, this lady's crazy. Anyway. Divorce can wreck a woman's financial uh, future, okay? This week, there's been out this week um, of the divorce gap, unique retirement issues for women over 50, okay? They say the divorce gap, unique retirement issues for women over 50. Going through a divorce is difficult for everyone involved. Uh, Kiplinger put out this, but the economic consequences almost always fall more heavily on the woman. Uh, According to research by Government Accountability Office, uh, they're saying women over 50 who divorce will see their income drop by an average of 41% versus only 23% for men. In addition, these women have had fewer years until retirement uh, and fewer opportunities to recover financially than younger women, okay? And the Pew Research Center reports um, that while the divorce rate for a young couple has declined, it has doubled among couples over 50 since the 1990s. A staggering loss for divorced women. A typical woman suffers a 73% drop in her standards of living post-divorce. Women are more likely to feel divorce's financial burden, says Shawata Linda, lead advisor for Francis Financial. Um, while divorced women workers stand out in the survey as having the lowest retirement confidence, uh, they also lack knowledge about 
what they need for fi- for a financially secure future. A lot of them suggest that women become more educated about their financial situation, okay, and work with a certified divorce financial analysis, analysis to understand how uh, better how they need to plan for retirement. And listen, the reason one of the reasons I picked up this article is because women tend to be not just with divorce, but women tend to be in in uh, sometimes with death. If a man dies, you're the one that's holding the thing. So it is important to, uh, you know. It, even if your man has got a lot of money, super rich, super, super duper rich, to understand your money, finances, and understand and start to educate yourself <coughs> and start to build a financial plan. Because it's not just divorce, it's death. Or it's if he wants somebody else. Or if you want to go with somebody else. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever y'all doing out in these streets. I know how y'all be acting, okay? You need to make sure that you are finance, you, you financially astute, or if some of y'all fall out, or if he fall out especially, because the same women have the more, uh, more crazy thing. So there's a great article in the Seattle Times that says, here's how to rebuild. They've been talking about this a lot on a lot of um, shows because they're, they've, they're seeing more and more women end up in poverty and other things. You know, the man on sphere love to talk about this. Um, and other things after divorce partly because of what women financially make, uh, the, the husband taking the majority, or death, when men die too, okay? So uh, it, it says, um, uh, it's saying uh, you can prepare preparing for a financial setback, negotiating your retirement and joint savings, uh, finding financial education and support, uh, a challenging road to a comfortable retirement, Okay. So I always tell women to read these articles. They're great to have, not just about divorce, but death, too. If something was to happen financially, how are you going to live and stuff like that, preparing as if you something could happen, okay? So, yeah, I even got by myself. I was like, whoa, yeah, that's a, that, you need, people need to pay more attention to that because a lot of times women, you'll find a lot of women sometimes know nothing about their finances. They're like, I don't know, I don't know what he's doing over there. I don't know. Help <laughs> me that. You know what I'm saying? So like, like so, so it, that is important. Okay, so I thought that was an interesting article. Uh, so you guys to check out. It's one from Kiplinger, and it's also one from the Seattle Times. Okay, very good article to check out. Okay. Uh, also, what else we got to talk about here, guys? Well, that Jamaican woman got me hot. I can't believe that, okay? Talking about Jamaican. Child, she, she's the nerve, okay? The nerve. I'm still tripping off of that. I mean, it's, it's just a hate African-American, hate traditional black America season, okay? And it's tourist kidnapping and rampant crime uh travel warnings all through the Caribbean, okay? They saying right now. So she got nothing to be coming out talking stuff. Girl, you should be trying to tell talking about my place is safe. <laughs> you should be trying you should be sounding like a whole different person. Okay, she's out here trying to talk crap. And doubling down on her crap. I mean, wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable mess. Unbelievable mess she got going. That is crazy. Okay. Um doing you. Uh, 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 uh. Let's see. Well, I got it up. 
All right. We talked about Jamaican woman. Uh, let's talk about Tyrese. Are we ready to talk about Tyrese yet? I guess again. Okay. Tyrese is back out in these streets. Speaking of divorce. <laughs> oh, Tyrese, Tyrese, Tyrese. Okay. Um. Tyrese realizes his marriage to ex-wife Samantha was all just about money and status. I mean, I would think you'd be celebrating the 100th money grab, but no. We're talking about Samantha still. This is according to ashowbiz.com. Prior to this, the Roman Pierce, uh, the picture declares that he doesn't want to sing about his, uh, his and Samantha Lee's divorce anymore because it's heartbreaking. Tyrese Gibson was reflecting on his and Samantha Lee's failed marriage in a new video. When sharing his thoughts, the Roman uh, Pierce, the picture in the Fast and Furious film said he finally realized that their relationship was just all about money and status. Okay. Shit, he kept it Never mind. I left the courtroom during a divorce trial, and I realized that it was never love. It was just a transaction, the 44-year-old said in the clip shared on Instagram. Wow, we did a whole marriage and did the whole duration of a child and starting a family just to find out it was all about money, status, and transactions. Tyrese went on to argue, imagine me being the only actor in a relationship, then to realize that I was in a relationship for five years with one of the best actors I've ever met in my fucking life. And you know what's beautiful about Samantha? I'm going to say this, okay? Samantha be throwing subtle shade, but she don't be saying nothing. She don't be saying nothing. She just talking about Jesus over there on that. And Jesus stuff she be talking about over there on that, that thing. Samantha does not be saying nothing about Tyrese. Tyrese is always the one out here talking, talking, yeah, 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 yeah. He's so emotional. He's, he's out. I know that's why I be like, what did I do? <laughs> during my divorce trial and I realized that it was never love, it was just a transaction. Wow, so we did a whole marriage and did the whole duration of a child starting a family just to find out that it was all about money, status, transaction. Imagine me being the only actor in a relationship I didn't realize that I was in a relationship for five years with one of the best actors I've ever met in my life. Um, Tyrese, 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 Tyrese. First of all, I'm noticing something from Melanie Ho to who else was just got rid of a Scorpio, I mean Capricorn and Scorpio relationship. It was another Capricorn and Scorpio relationship I just talked about. I forget. It was another one. But these cat men be having a hard time, Scorpio girls. What do y'all be doing? <laughs> these cat men be saying They be big men. It be all good with you with the Scorpio at first. It be all good when you get good, good deep in sex and, and, and everything. And then when the Scorpio find the Scorpio on you, it's just. Oh, it's good she's Scorpio on on you when you when you when you with her. 
Oh, I saw you, Tyrese, going out there. You used to man to have a little bit of a grab, too. You were showing up on shows, talking about marriage on the church, church shows with Samantha all dressed up. You can't say Samantha was helping you. You had that little relationship show on with Rum. Remember that little thing they had on? on? Oh, no, no, no. Don't try to act like that. And yes, okay, let me just, let me get the thing straight. Tired of him. That power and money, too. You liked everything she was representing. You like, she wanted the perfect look. I know that cat wanted the perfect look. Don't, don't fool me. Okay. First off. Tyrese, you are a male who is well, well, supposedly, I don't know, you got a little bit of money and you are an actor in Hollywood, you got some status, and that is attractive to all women across the book. That's who a Scorpio, power is a little attractive. We're attracted to power. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, Scorpio, calm down. But it's for a deeper me. I know. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm, I'm explaining that. Now, we deep. We love when we love you. We love you. But we do like a man who wields his power. Our sign is power. We run the eighth house. The house of death, life, transformation, other people's money, stocks, whatever, taxes, everything. We run the eighth house. I understand what you're marrying when you're marrying a Scorpio. Okay. And when we are in our most powerful, we do great things. When we with when you with we with somebody that's powerful, it's just next level shit. Okay, if we ain't there to teach you something bad, we just next up. She was helping him a lot during that marriage. I remember Tyrese. Tyrese was getting a lot of like legitimate like show like shows on TV. He was going around. I remember seeing him on Creflo Dollar. I saw him on something else. He was actually legitimate. He was selling that married power couple religious, spiritual couple stuff out. And Samantha was helping him do it, looking good right beside him and everything. And something happened, something broke, okay? And she put that Scorpio winter, and you ain't been the same since. Instead of just walking away like a man and saying, you know, we both didn't do things, so I wish it would have been better. I wish I would have been better. Samantha probably wish she would have been better. Instead of saying that, no, you harassing her. And Samantha... Like, listen, here, that kind of harassment, I would give him back his money. I show it. I'd be like, sign off on my kids or just give me my, give me the money to put into the, uh, to, you know, because, listen, I ain't putting up with all that. You acting crazy. You mad because I don't want a lawsuit. You mad because I don't want some child support. You just mad. And you mad because I ain't still there. Either you're going to take this L or you just going to leave me alone. And the fact that he ain't leaving you alone, he's just keeping on and keeping on. He's going to have a new woman over there. He's still talking to Raven. I married the biggest actor. First, he was talking about the judge. He was defending Samantha and talking about the judge. Remember, he was talking about he was going to protest with the judge. He, wow, he did the same thing to that first girl, Samantha. That first wife, he did the same thing. I know that first wife. Like, oh, Lord, this is all me. <laughs> okay, Tyree. Maybe it's you, you are the common denominator. Maybe you need to look at yourself and say, yes, yeah, Samantha might have been an actor, but what am I? What did I contribute? What bad things did I do? 
And, you know, I've had this happen a couple of times to myself. So what is it about me? It's not so right. It's constantly Samantha, Samantha. He still loves you, Samantha. Oh, he still loves you. See, that's sad. Hey, I don't think she come back to her. Now that you acting like that, she ain't come back. She ain't come back. She ain't come back. And I know it's cold. Scorpio winters are cold. It's cold. Ooh, I know it's cold, okay? But it is what it is, okay? You talking about she didn't look back. She walked out that house and she didn't look back. The house we got married in. The house we said. And I said, I told you why she didn't look back because there's a Scorpio we love deeply. We don't look back because once we say it's done, we try to walk away because we love it. We, love, we don't want to go back. She's like, you can't go back because it ain't good for us. So she didn't turn back because she don't want to go back because she loved hard. Okay? Like she loved the illusion hard and she loved the power. I ain't saying Scorpio can't get no gold digger, okay? I'm saying that to me, you know, some people say Chris, Jenna, okay? I, all I'm saying is from what I've seen with Samantha, she's been holding her own. Samantha has had a peace. She's been peaceful. She is not come. Ty- Tyrese is always the one talking crap. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. And I know she was. She been subtly doing a little shade, like the "If I Was Her" series, <laughs> and all that. But it ain't really. It's really. She's used it as a teaching moment. She ain't out here going like I was married to an actor, and you can't look back at that. I mean, he acting crazy. He acting absolutely crazy. Okay, he acting mad nuts. I mean. He's acting like he, I mean, Samantha, that cootie cat must have been something else. Okay, girl? Okay. I'm just going to tell you, he acting like that cootie cat. He, he, I, the new girl, what's the new girlfriend? Girl, I be sitting over here looking at him like, Dang, are you sure you ready? You want a relationship? I be embarrassed. Just talking about Samantha all the time. I be so embarrassed. I be embarrassed. I remember I used to date this guy when I was in, in college, and him and the old girlfriend was. I was like, I said, hold up, uh, uh-uh, uh, you you arguing with her like that, that that that. I don't like her. She get him. I said, no, yes, she do. That itchy coochie, whatever it did something to you, because you can't stay. You can't stay out of argument. You can't stay out of fight. You can't stay. You always in the energy. You love, man. Let me back up out of here. So y'all can fight. Listen, Samantha has got this man messed up. Hey, I, and, you know, here I thought, I ain't going to lie, I thought Samantha was a bit of a front at first, not from, from her side, from his side. But I think now I really think Tyreek is Tyreek is, is really in love in these streets, like deeply hurt, like Martell Holt. Like he's acting like Martell, this is Capricorn men, Capricorn men, y'all be acting up sometimes. Ooh, like he's out here acting up. His pride is hurt. Like Martell be out here. I, and I get it a little bit because Melanie needs to really take some responsibility for that relationship to her partner. But Martell does the most. Like sometimes, to, in my opinion, it be scary. Like he be acting up with Melanie so bad because he lost his vision of his family. You know, because Capricorns report approach stuff like a work horse. Like they, even they family. And there's a vision and a goal to it. And when the goal isn't successful, they like, dang, they shook. Sure. 
And Martell, he out here shook too. Y'all need to have a Capricorn male divorce from Scorpio group. How to survive the cold winters and put that Gemini lineage over it so he can tell y'all how to make it through. <laughs> Ain't nothing like a Gemini to tell you how to make it through a Scorpio cold winter. <laughs> Gemini's do it. Gemini's know how to do it. <laughs> you know, because they'll be, they'll be getting rough with Gemini's be like, all right, they don't block me shit. We need one of you. Are they done there? They'll go out here and party and everything and be having a good time. You know, with Sunday, I mean, now you, yeah, you want to get under their skin, learn to do what Gemini's do. Okay? Gemini's be out here acting like they have, they be in love, act like they having a good time partying, kicking it. And then they talk about you on the fly, get on the social media and start typing stuff about you. <laughs> Y'all got to learn to do it like the Gemini's do. <laughs> and we count the fights and arguments. Fly saying fly stuff, be it mean, you know what I'm saying? Hey, they, they, Jim knows how to drive deep. They gotta learn it. Learn how to do that. Don't be kidding. Don't be kidding. You know, they get under, they, Jim knows how to get under a Scorpio skin. Okay? Them, them, but y'all caps, y'all be at rooting and getting upset and be out here, out here acting crazy. Now, Jim and I act crazy, too. Don't get me wrong now. They'll start, sometimes they'll stalk and they'll be mad and all that stuff. But Jim and I do know how to handle that Scorpio cold winter better than other uh, signs. Sagittarius sometimes do, too. Sagittarius sometimes, though. Sag, yeah, Sagittarius sometimes, too. But Capricorn males, they begin, it bothers them. It really just be like, ooh. The rest of y'all in the zodiac, ooh, Aries might pop off at you know it might be a war, but that there's something about caps. They it really just it just brutal. It's brutal for them. They, it's like a war. They don't, they don't like it. <laughs> caps be mad. Caps be mad. Okay, because it's brutal. Because Scorpio winters are brutal. Okay. But I just say y'all need to learn some healing. Go to the gyms and the sages and ask them how they handle the sages. You know, sometimes the sages, you know, just ignore us and keep on going. But they, you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they got that freedom energy. They might be hurting, but they like, all right, all right, all right. You know what I'm saying? All right, Jim and I just start, you know, Jim and I just we like a little otter, which pisses crappy off. Like, we be like, uh-uh. It's winter time over here. Shut that ish down. They don't pay no attention to it. Being they get their coats on and go out in the cold and stand in it and dance around in it and everything like that. That's what you got to do, Cap. <laughs> don't get mad and be out in the cold, bamming on the door, trying to set fire to the house and trying to kill us and everything. You got to have a ball in it. <laughs> go out and dance around in that cold. See if fly stops. Like, you know, a gym, I march around the house with a sign saying, man, <laughs> I mean, because we don't, otherwise we ain't responding to no brute, the brutality of Capricorn. We, we like, it making us worse. It's making us like running way faster. We trying to, and we sneak tipping, thinking of other things, how to get rid of you. We like, ah, oh, this fool's a fool. He out here. We got to do, I got to put a, uh, uh, ex parte on him or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You, you out here acting crazy. I'm not saying all signs have the ability to be stalkers and crazy, okay? I'm not saying I'm just saying I just noticed with Capricorn it's been a cap it's been a lot of Capricorn men having hard times with these Scorpio women breaking up with, okay? And that, that cold winter that follows afterwards where they set you out when they manage. 
okay? I'm just saying, sometimes, I think sometimes the best find and know how to deal with that is gyms. They do know how to deal. That's one thing they can't deal with Scorpio, so. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, really, really graphic probably didn't even notice Lisa Bonet had a code with I mean, he probably pissed him off, but he probably tried to ignore it. Like, you know, just, <laughs> so he couldn't ignore it no more. You know, eventually, <laughs> eventually they can't ignore it no more. But, but I'm just saying. It's terrible the way he's acting, okay? This is ridiculous. So, what's this saying? Tyrese is just, I mean, he's just sad. I mean, I'm, I was thinking of Fast and Furious check will be, you'd be happy. Tyrese mad because she got to get some of that Fast and Furious check. Shit. She might go, she probably about to take the whole check. <laughs> I wouldn't want this little funky check, though. I tell him, keep his little money the way he acting. I'm going to keep I'm a, I don't know. I'd be like, you can keep your little dollar. I ain't, I ain't gonna. I want my people. I don't want to be out here. Because sometimes some men, you know, it's just you don't want to be dealing with them like that. You just be like, God, I don't do what you, you, you know, you need to do. I, know, I, ain't, I ain't got time to be arguing with you out there. All right. So um, this next story, okay. Uh, my boyfriend dumped me, so I spent $37,000 on a revenge body. And I had to laugh. And I said, what if he ain't looking? Even though you spent the money on the revenge body, what if he still don't get? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Okay? But this was on New York Post. And my thing is, girls, you know what I'm saying? Spend your money on you because you want to feel good and look good. And, you know, and, and if your boyfriend happened to be looking in, walk past him and sashay with it, but don't feel him. You know what I'm saying? Because you'd be mad if he ain't listening. Okay, but it says, uh, this is from NewYorkPost.com. It says, revenge is a dish best served with cold cash. A mother of two went viral after revealing she reportedly spent a whopping $37,000 to improve her look after her boyfriend of 15 years dumped her for another woman six months before their wedding. I just felt I needed to do something. I decided impulsively to have surgery, Stacey Clark recently told Truly. According to the brunette, she went all in with lip and eyelids and hair transplants and a boob job, a Brazilian butt lift, a facelift, liposuction, vaginoplasty, which is uh, surgery that aims to tighten up the vagina that becomes loose from childbirth or aging. Before the life-saving turn of events, the couple built a long-lasting relationship in their teens. Okay? When we met when we were 14 and I had my son when I was 16. Clark, now 33, said I had my second son when I was 18. Over time, though, she and her ex had drifted apart, yet she was still blindsided when her partner ended things. The Wells-based photographer revealed that she turned to plastic surgery after finding out that her ex-lover had begun dating another woman shortly after the breakup. She looks good, too. I ain't gonna lie. She looks real good. Body, dang it. I buried myself in my work and just focused on the children, said Clark. Prior to unexpected split, Clark claimed that she had never done anything out of my comfort zone and decided to use her newfound freedom to reinvent herself. Uh, Clark said that after undergoing the night, she felt her self-esteem skyrocket. Having surgery has given me a lot of confidence, she just. I was in complete, I was a completely different person with a different look. I felt sexier than I've ever been, she added. Okay. Um, and she looks great. Okay. Uh, she says, before the reinvention, Clark, who sported dreadlocks, described her style as relaxed, comfortable, and very natural. The photographer joked her old appearance was very different to my post-surgery look, which I described as very glamorous. Even though she radiates confidence in her new look, 
Clark says she still feels an ache in her heart when she is asked about shot nuptials. It was difficult that my relationship ended six months before my own wedding, said the woman. I did actually have a photograph, have to photograph a wedding at the same venue as my own. It was very hard. According to Glam Gal, online told, uh, uh, posted several deleted comments from her pictures, saying that she was prettier before surgery. I didn't see, I don't see her picture, but okay. She looks good now. I ain't going to lie. She looks good, okay? Okay, let me just say this to women, okay? It's, I mean, first of all, hold on. Let me just say this, okay? Again, there's a woman who gave a lot of herself ahead of time. She wasn't married to him. She had two babies with him. Okay, okay, okay. So he already had the coochie cat. No matter how you didn't tighten it, he had it when it was tightened because y'all was in y'all teens and all that. So the coochie cat, it don't matter. You even got it tightened and all that stuff. Let, let me just say this, okay, girls? Okay, uh, let me just say this, okay? Not only, I understand going to get a makeover, looking good, so you can come at him and be like, I'm hitting hit it hard, I'm going to hit you hard when I see you next time, all right? You know what I'm saying? I get it, okay? Okay, I get it, okay? <laughs> I mean, all of us have had done that revenge thing, where you got the revenge thing of the ex, of the ex. You show the ex, you looking good, I'm like, yeah, see what, see what you just sat on, see what you did, see what you did? Okay, we get that, okay? But however... Sometimes they ain't left you because you was looking bad, okay? Sometimes it was something in your personality. Like, So my thing is, when you have these makeovers, okay, if you go get a perf body makeover, a boob job, and you go get your booty, a B up, what's the B what's I do? What's the Brazilian butt lift and and and, and uh, the, what's the, the stomach flattening? I don't know, sculpting, whatever y'all be doing out there. When you get, and I, I'm for surgery. I think plastic surgery for older women. I don't know what y'all do. I don't, I don't know what y'all young girls be out here doing. But listen, before you do all that, ask yourself how, what was I like in this relationship, and maybe why did I get left? Why did was not that it's your fault, but but look at it as being your fault, and straighten up, get yourself right first. You know what I'm saying? Straighten out your mind first. Straighten out your spiritual mind. Get some healing about yourself. Okay? You see, I still feel an ache because maybe he ain't looking. Maybe he don't care. No, he's like, girl, you look good all day, okay? I don't care. I'm just glad to yap. Okay? So that's what I'm just trying to say. Get your mind right, your spiritual mind, all that stuff. Put put everything in your step. Put as much, as much love into your spiritual uh, self. And as much love into yourself as you do as you are in getting that new body, okay? Because ain't nothing like a spiritual makeover and looking good. Mm-hmm. Spiritual makeover and looking good? Oh, really? He might be crying, okay? <laughs> okay? So that's what I'm saying. That's the first thing. It ain't just about walking past him looking good because he might be like, oh, okay, she's looking good. She's looking nice. And he might come over there and say something to you, but then he realizes, I mean, you know, ain't shit changed. And maybe you just ain't compatible. That's okay. Sometimes the people ain't compatible. You ain't, you ain't working out no more, okay? Maybe you ain't going to And let me tell you something. Sometimes once you get yourself fixed up and you looking good and stuff, sometimes you don't want that old thing back no way because you done discovered you a new person. You're like, ooh, wait a minute. I didn't see it. Ooh, I'm real fun. I don't know what I was doing with you, fun. <laughs> I'm looking good at you. Wait a minute. I don't think I'm over no more. You don't want to know more, I don't either. <laughs> right? He might did you a favor. He may 
may have made the real person come out. He triggered you to become your best self. Now, don't, don't let him trigger you to become your best self just as far as your looks and stuff is concerned. Let him trigger you to become your best person. Okay? Let him do that. And that's when it don't, that's when it may hurt. And at that point, you don't care though. <laughs> you might care a little, but not that much. You know what I'm saying? Don't get your whole body fixed up. Don't do nothing else. But I thought that was an interesting story, okay? Uh, What's the next story here we got? Okay. She was great, too. I don't understand if she's really young, girl. I don't understand what y'all doing. Okay. Um, Okay, there's a great – I put an article up about DJ Envy because some people saying, you know, he's a part of this alleged real estate scam. What it is 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 that he used to have – DJ Envy was having these real estate, uh, I guess, um, uh, seminars and stuff, and one of the people that was speaking at his seminar and that's known to be his partner in real estate is right now allegedly owing some people money, and people are saying he's a scam artist. The dude who works with him, this dude that works with him, uh, and DJ Envy being associated with him and having this dude speak and stuff and everything, people are also eyeing DJ Envy funny. So they had this uh, uh, interview on Tony the Closer on YouTube. I put up a link on the uh, Facebook uh, page, you know, because he's been arguing this week, too, with uh, Rick Ross and all that stuff. So it's interesting that this has come out now about uh, the real estate thing. But here's what I'll say with this. Okay, real estate is real tricky. I had a friend and a family member who went to jail dealing with real estate, real estate with people who, because a lot of people, you will get with people. It's not them that did anything wrong. It's the people that they allow to have access to their credit, allow to have access to them and stuff like that. And um, these real estate some of these real estate things turn out to be a Ponzi scheme and get you for all kind of fraud and every kind of thing. So you got to be, y'all got to be careful when getting involved in people's real estate shit. Okay. If you don't know that business and know it well, uh, be careful because people can get you involved in a lot of deep macaroons with real estate. Okay. I'll just say that. Okay. But DJ Envy, he came on this guy's uh, show to kind of, you know, talk about it. And this week DJ Envy, I mean, he was, <laughs> He been he been going too because he been having uh, uh, Rick Ross and him been arguing too. And y'all know it was DJ Envy is always something. He always has a little um, like strange stuff come out that he where he always seems like he's fighting stuff. So it, it was it's just it was just interesting to uh, interesting to hear this one. I, I mean you know, but he is uh, they're not accusing him of any doing any wrongdoing, but people are are looking at him because of the situation. Um, this person has been at his seminars and stuff like that, okay? Um, let's see, what's this next one? I'm going to talk to this. Brian McKnight. We're going to talk about Brian. I guess we talk about Brian McKnight, okay? Now, Brian McKnight sold out shows this week, okay? And he's thinking, he been thanking his fans for sold out shows, y'all were saying. Uh, this is according to rhymes of snitch.com. Uh, they're saying, uh, Last week, R&B singer-songwriter Brian McKnight lashed out in a lengthy YouTube video after becoming a popular trending topic on social media for dishonoring his older children while lavishly praising, uh, lavishing praise and gifts on his second wife's children. 
and for naming their infant son Brian when their oldest son is named Brian. Despite that, the avalanche of bad press, Brian is still selling out venues, okay? Let's listen to it. he was talking okay i got the wrong clip okay it says a special thank you to my fans for two more sold out shows in modesto and baton rouge last weekend i had the best fans first of all let me just say this okay 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 let me say this it looked like a school out joint okay no it looks like no i ain't gonna go because when they say sold out i gotta bring some clarity to it it didn't have no upper level i don't see no upper level was there an upper level going on i'm just looking out the audience it looked like maybe it was about I don't know how many people was in there, there, Brian, and how much was the ticket? Like I said, was it four? Uh, was it four for twenty-five and a hot dog? I don't know. Okay. That don't mean he ain't got the, the bad. Just because he had two sold-out shows, when people say sold out, I'm always like sold out. Okay, what do you mean? was sold out, and that's not to diss anybody because it's hard times out here. But Brian McKnight, I'm dissing kind of because Brian McKnight been out here, he been out here acting shady, okay, and and getting bad press. And so he's trying to make you think that it probably ain't affecting him. But if it's a 500 seater, or if it's a thousand seater, Brian McKnight, you should be used to play uh, big time seaters like 12,000 or 8,000 seaters. Okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> so what you sold out 500? Boy, please, okay. I gotta know how many, uh, how much, it, and how much was the tickets, Ryan? Was they fifteen dollars, ten dollars? I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad. Long get it how you live it, okay. But I'm just trying to tell people, okay. Sometimes people be fronting. They don't. They sell them to, and then a sellout is a sellout. I ain't, I ain't knocking it. Sell, hey, sellout. I ain't being mean. Sellout shows is a sellout show. But sometimes them groupons be coupons and clips. And stuff be happening too. Okay, okay. Now we're going to keep it real. All right, trying to make people see you, right? Yeah, thank y'all for my sold out shows. Like, I'm just selling out everywhere. I just sold out. I'm selling out everywhere. Brian, you probably could have sold out a big seat if you'd be quiet. You might have to add somebody else on tour. <laughs> Oh, what's this last story you going to end with, Chad? Okay. I was going to talk about Denai Jackson. I, I ain't no more I can say. I think I done said it all, girls, about Denae, Denae Jackson, okay? I already told y'all, y'all got to listen to the archive show, okay, what I felt about Denae. I feel like Denae was partly responsible. She shares, uh, I'm, I've come with a conclusion, she still shares 40, 48% of the blame to his 52%. Why? Because she knew what it was. Okay? That's why I said. Okay? I feel what I said. All right. Kate Blanchett, y'all, thinks it's hard to get paid as an actress. Okay? Uh, this is according to bangshowbiz.com. She's saying um, 
that the, the TAR double action winner 54 says she got frustrated uh, money discussions on film projects are not as transparent as other aspects of the business. Okay, it's hard to get paid as an actress. We're open about all other, let me see, all other aspects of the FEP money. I think the more transparent all that stuff, the more you can work out how the money is flowing and where it needs to flow and where it's not flowing yet. She, uh, okay, and uh, let's see here. Now, if Kate Blanchett, okay, is having a hard time with money, and it says we both had experience where we walked on a set and done the head count, and you wonder why you sort of slightly feel alienated and annoyed some days. Um, and, you know, she's talking to a white woman like this in Hollywood about her money. And listen, let me tell you something. Some of these girls, don't, uh, she said, I realize that I'm the only woman in the cast. There are 62 men. Yep, I'm the only woman. The radio is bad. It's really just, the ratio is bad. It's really disproportionate, okay? Now, that may be true. And let me just say this. There are some black women in, in, in now, you know if it's hard for Kate Blanchett, you know how hard it is for a black woman. No wonder Gabrielle Union talking about she waking up and in and, and cold sweats and stuff like that. I have to go get this money, girl, and try to get the next film project because for her, she probably is way, if Kate Blanchett's having a hard time getting money, you know Gabrielle Union's probably having a hard time getting money, okay? And some of these black movie stars have more power, staying power, than black female superstars have more staying power than these uh, than these girls do because, you know, you will find people like George Clooney and all them, they can have a succession of uh, 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 movies, okay? Don't nobody talk about them. They still keep getting $20 million a film. You let Will and Denzel and them have a couple of a bombs, about three, four bombs. They're going to be underpaying them and everything. Why? Because it's different being black. Even though Denzel and Will, Will, is probably, Will was the biggest movie actor in the world financially, I think Tom Cruise was second. I bet Will still don't get as much money as Tom Cruise. So I'm just telling you, being black in America, you know, Jamaican lady, it still has this problem. And we don't get no free shit. I'm going to look for my free shit in the mail, though. She said I get some free shit, so I'm going to look for it today. Y'all, all black Americans out there, we got to look for our free stuff. The Jamaican lady said we get free stuff. I don't know. Y'all tell me about it. Y'all write me. Y'all get y'all free stuff, write me and let me know, okay? So hit me up on the Carlotta chat with page and say, Carlotta, y'all can put it under the Carlotta Jamaican lady post and say, I got my free stuff in the mail. I got my check, whatever. I don't know what free stuff is. I ain't never seen it. So if y'all got y'all free stuff, let me know. Let a sister know because I didn't know we get it. I, so I can go sign up. I, free stuff? I said, free? We get free stuff? <laughs> that's what that's the Jamaican one, she said we get free stuff. Okay. And we out here having a Gabrielle, you got a rich girl like Gabrielle Union and has an actress like no time out with the black tax and time out, I'm scared. I I'm having heart complications and everything. If I can't get my next job and she got a man with two hundred million dollars who worked real hard putting the basketball up the court. I thought we was getting free stuff. Gabrielle shouldn't be that scared we get free stuff. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> oh, my God. We at the end of the show. This is the end. <laughs> you guys.
thank you so much for hanging out with me like you do every week. I appreciate y'all so much. I know I love y'all. Listen, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your weekend. I will let you know if I upload the first show to the other platform this week. I'll let y'all know what that platform is when I come on and do a show, okay? So I'm trying to think. What are we going to end? Who are we going to leave it out with? I thought I knew. I thought I had a song that I wanted to end it out with, but now I'm like, I don't know. I thought I had y'all, y'all son to leave. Okay, yeah. Okay, I know what we're going to leave it out with. Okay, we're going to leave it out with, uh, I love this one, giving you the benefit, Pebbles. It is the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. Y'all have a good one. I will see y'all uh, sometime. I don't know, child. I don't know when. Y'all just be glad I came on on Saturday during the day, okay? And don't forget to write me if you get your free stuff, okay? That's all I'm saying. Black America. Free stuff, let me know. Cause I, I don't know where it's at. I don't know where we're getting it from, okay? So let me know if y'all get it, okay? I'm out. Y'all have a good one. See y'all. Happy, oh, happy Memorial Day weekend, too, y'all. Don't eat too much, okay? Take your cake. Take, you know, you know. But nah, have a good time. Eat y'all some good barbecue and all that, okay? I'm out. See y'all. Bye. <laughs>
who are listening to the archive shows. What's up, archive listeners? Thank you so much for hanging out with me, whether you are washing dishes, cleaning up your house, uh, at work, uh, you know, wherever you're doing. I appreciate, listen, I appreciate y'all so, so, so much. Can I ask y'all for a favor? Please tell people about me. Tell your friends everything about me, okay? And listen and tell them to listen up with, you know, when you guys can't, can't. Can't, when they can, okay? And we have archive shows. You can get us, you can get me on Apple, and you can get me on uh, Blog Talk Radio. And pretty soon, it will be another platform, okay? So, uh, you guys, make sure you share it with your friends and family, okay? I'm on Blog Talk Radio, and they can listen to me ramble and go off about pop culture and say crazy things. I mean, you never know what I might say, okay? <laughs> All right? And, uh, and also, too, when we go to the new platform, I will reopen the Probably maybe after a little while, I'll start reopening the phone lines again in the chat, okay? Not yet, but pretty soon, okay? Uh, so, you guys, remember you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, okay? The Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. And you can hit me up if, even if you want to write me or something. People often send me messages through that, that, um, through that one. You can also hit me up on Carly's underscore galaxy on Instagram. That's Carly's with an S, okay, with an S, okay? Instagram, and it's not the I-E, it's C-R-L-Y, you know, S. See, just C-R-I-C-A-R-L-Y-S, okay? It's no apostrophe anything, underscore galaxy, okay? And also, um, you can hit me up on Twitter. See, chat with show is the one we tweet on most of the time, and there's another one, Carlotta seventy. Okay, listen, I appreciate y'all again. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful Memorial Day weekend, man. A wonderful, what is it like a, like it's like a four day weekend for some of y'all. Some of y'all was out Friday, child, and I got Monday out too. All right, let's see (laughs) y'all. All right, so have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy it, okay? Eat good, enjoy your family and your loved ones, your friends, or whoever you kicking it with. Just have a wonderful time, all right? So we're going to leave out with Janet. This is one of my favorite Janet songs, To Be Loved. I'll see y'all. Bye. Everybody wants to be needed. Everybody needs to be loved. I, I feel like you've been deleted. Because you lost your love. You don't believe